No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. If I pull that off, will you die? It would be extremely painful. You're a big guy. For you. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Pictures Powwow. I'm one of the hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am Bartek Man. Hello, Bartek Man. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well. We're doing our show Pictures Powwow, in which we talk about a movie that has come recommended, whether from you, me, or the listening people. Wow. So I'm really excited, because we're going to be talking about movies, and that's what I live for. In fact, when you're not listening to the podcast, I'm dead. I'm, I'm in fact dead. I'm not, but I'm in extreme pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's screaming in Every pain. Every moment is agony. Every moment is pure agony for Bartek, and I'm dead. Yeah. And we are going to be talking about a movie that came recommended from the listening people, specifically from my fiance Rachel. Yay! She suggested the 2012 movie The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Now, why did she suggest this? She heard me talking about The Dark Knight, and she said ryan you should cover the dark knight rises and i'm like but i'm talking about the dark knight she goes yeah but you have more to say about the dark knight rises and i'm like i do have a lot to say about the dark knight rises in comparison to the dark knight which is it's good yeah the end oh i have a problem with the fact that it's a four-act structured movie but christopher nolan does that so Mm. that's kind of like it With the Dark Knight, like we could cover it one day, but my critic—that's my only criticism—and the rest of it is like it's great. I preferred Katie Holmes as Rachel, but eh, I don't Ooh. think anyone's going to cry a tear about that because really, Rachel's <laughs> the most boring character, not my fiance, the character. Did you hear that, listening people? Nepotism one. Did you hear that? Yeah. Rachel? Someone we know. You're the not the most boring, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> no, Jennifer Anderson's way more boring. Third so, voice is so right. we got a third voice. We actually got a guest, a guest that I prominently put up as someone we're going to have in last episode I structured them as the man I gave Miller's Crossing to who didn't watch it for years and then when he did he watched it drunk (laughs) did I? yeah okay yeah alright yeah so he was too drunk to remember so we got Sam Noonan I also said that you're like a comic book aficionado and like Batman and stuff but I really primed it as I gave you this really good movie for your birthday (laughs) on DVD and you didn't watch it for years and then you watched it drunk and you're like it wasn't funny and I'm like and then you're like, I eh, maybe my, I should watch it again. I think my exact words were like, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I think I was even more cruel than no, that. No, 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 no. You just said it wasn't funny. Yeah. And I was like, but it's not a comedy, Sam. It and you're like, like a comedy. well, it is funny at times, yeah. but it's a, you know, it's Coen Brothers. It is if you listen to our last episode of Mills Crossing, you'll know what I feel. Yeah. So, Sam Noonan, we've got you here for The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. We're covering the, we've all watched The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. We all have a history with this trilogy. Bartek. Can we go over yours again? Because I, I want to hear it again. Because at the end of the last episode, you said your history with this trilogy of movies. And I was like, mm, Sam needs to hear this. <laughs> did, I say it, did I say it in the episode? Yes. And I said, you have to say this to his face in person. Okay. Um, Do tell. So I haven't seen Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Um, at year nine camp, after a very long day of activities when it was late oh, at now night. You're, now you're giving some backup reason for this one. Yeah. Last episode, you didn't give this. <laughs> I was trying to justify it. <laughs> yeah, because they played, they played The Dark Knight and I struggled to stay awake because of the long, grueling day of activities. <laughs> yep, yep. And, mm-hmm. and this one? And this one I actually saw in cinemas because my brother wanted to. Oh, good. So he saw one of them awake. I have I have something similar. I went and saw this in the cinemas awake also um, <laughs> with my group of friends and my friend Giorgio. Uh, the famous Giorgio. Giorgio was like, 
what's Liam Neeson doing here? <laughs> and I was like, he's playing the same guy from the first one. And he goes, the Heath Ledger one. And he didn't even realize that Batman Begins was a part of the I'll give him trilogy. defense. I didn't know about it either. I like, didn't know about it until 2012 either. 2012, because I'll yeah. be honest, like if you weren't huge into comics and stuff, I don't really remember the Batman Begins movie being prominently featured as a movie that was on here in Australia. I don't remember advertisements for it. I don't remember oh, anyone I speaking yeah. about it. All I remember is like, my stepbrother mentioned, like, oh, yeah, my friend really likes the new Batmobile. And I just said, okay. See, I didn't know. I, I just it's, remember The Dark Knight came back. And then people, in retrospect, were like, the Dark Batman Begins was a movie that was all right. But mm. The Dark Knight. And I was like, there was a Batman Begins? It's really the fault of advertising. Yeah. They should have... And the, Australia. We the, get things so much later. Yeah. And the titles would... It, I could see they went Batman Begins, then called it The Dark Knight, and then realized they had to capitalize on the success of The Dark Knight. Mm. They really should have called it Batman Begins, <laughs> Batman Continues, should have been the name of the second But that film. would have been the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> and then this but, one is Batman Retires. Yeah, yeah. Batman Concludes. They should have called it <laughs> Batman <laughs> Ceases to Continue. They should have called it Batman also. Act 1. Yeah. Batman Act 2. No, right. <laughs> it should have been three. One. Batman First Blood. No, yeah. yeah. Batman First Blood Part, part two, 2 and then Rambo 3. See, you were like Part 1, Part 2 but this is a type of franchise that thinks like it's this storybook thing yeah. so it's like Chapter. it's a script mm. Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Yeah. Now here's my if you want to go is that all? You want to go into more of no, your no, history? That's, I, feel like I cool. did not see the Batman Begins movie until I entered university I bought it on DVD mm-hmm. and I was like oh great, great and I already had The Dark Knight and I was like great, great and I watched it thoroughly enjoyed it Never watched it again until mm. this week. I watched all three of them this week just so that I could re-familiarize myself with this world. And I got to say, Cheater. it's my favorite movie with Batman. Like, the Batman character. It, like, not my favorite movie of, of Batman movie, but my favorite movie of the Batman character actually being a prominent character. Mm-hmm. The others, I'm like, eh, you're doing the old Tim Burton problem where the villains are the show. Yeah. Um, And we'll get into that with Dark Knight Rises. But then I saw Dark Knight, didn't see it in the cinema, I got it on DVD, and I remembered it was pretty good. I was like, yeah, that was that was neat, you know? Like, yeah, Heath Ledger was really good. I was more impressed with, like, uh, uh, Michael Caine in that movie. I was like, oh, because I didn't really buy him as Alfred in the first one, but then Dark Knight kind of won me over. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Knight Rises, I saw in the cinema, and this is crazy. So, on paper, what I'm about to say to you sounds like the worst cinema-going experience of a lifetime, but I loved it. Mm. We saw the movie. It was freezing cold. We saw the cinema where they had the air conditioner on cold. Mm-hmm. So, I was freezing to death. We were second row in the cinema, so we were up close. Mm-hmm. I was with a friend of ours, Connor, who um, every scene would talk to himself and then talk to me about what a reference that is to a comic. Yeah. Like, like, a scar. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, look at him. Like, shut, shut up. up. And he just goes, she's Talia. Yeah. I'm like, Talia? Because the actor is funny. He goes, Ra's al Ghul's daughter. You remember Ra's al Ghul from Batman Begins? And I'm like, oh, God. And he, and he, just, and he just started talking, talking, talking. I'm freezing to death. My eyes started to hurt because the aspect ratios kept changing all the time in the right. movie. And we're up close. Mm-hmm. And then I remember after the movie finished, Connor and I got into a heated argument about how dumb the movie was. <laughs> and and he was like, but the comics. I'm like, no, not but the comics, but this. But then also it was annoying because I was like, but I did like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so really dumb. Like, and yeah. he was like, no. And then we went to this awful party that a friend was having. 
and it was terrible, but we just kept talking about The Dark Knight Rises, and then we made jokes about it, like, oh, we kept making jokes about the trilogy, and it just stuck in my memory of this viewing experience, and I look back on it fondly, like, it sounds terrible, and it was, but I look back at it and go, I treasure that kind of movie-going experience, because I see a movie in the cinema now, and I don't have any experiences, I just go, I saw the Spider-Man movie, yep, tick, yeah. Nothing happened. Like in this, at least it was like, oh, I remember Connor being annoying. When, when you started this story with, this sounds like on paper a terrible movie going experience. I'm like, this is going to, I was really. Hoping for someone to die? No, yeah. for someone to shit their pants. <laughs> like, and then Connor shat his pants <laughs> in the middle of the film. Well, he, he was shitting with excitement, but I guess. he refused to leave and clean <laughs> his pants. That's that sounds like Connor. Yeah. So, Take that, Connor. The Dark Knight Rises. We all rewatched it for this. I texted Sam earlier saying I hadn't seen it since the cinema, and you were like surprised. You were like, I've seen it several times. And I said to him, there are some movies that you just need to see once, and then you don't need to see them again. And this is, at that time I said that, one of those movies. But Mm -hmm. of course, I wanted to watch it for the show, and a part of me would only watch it again for completionist's sake of like, I got the DVDs, I got the trilogy completionist's sake like when i watch the tim burton batmans i then go through the joel schumacher batman still because yeah. i completionist like that finish it and i said do you never i don't need to see it again but like you you what are you so what were your feelings like were you like me like i don't need to see the dark knight rises again or were you like maybe one day i'll watch the trilogy or maybe one day i'll watch it on my own volition because you are not a big superhero movie fan overall no i'm not mm. um I've heard good things about Batman Begins, and obviously I've heard the legacy of Dark Knight. And even though I've technically seen it, it's it's that thing of like I've looked at certain frames of it yeah. in a dark room at United. At night, yes. yes. Title drop. <laughs> rise, rise, rise. It was a dark night. Now that you mention it, it wasn't yeah. a light one. Yeah. So, um, I probably would like to give the early ones a shot at some point. With this one, yeah, I saw it in the cinemas and it was just another film I saw. My brother wanted to see it. You weren't, um, you weren't thrilled by it? You were just like, eh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, obviously there were like baseline things like, oh, the Bane voice is kind of funny and then you do an impression of it and your yeah. friends are like, oh, you're really good at it. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. I wasn't trying. Yeah, no, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sean Connery and now, Darth Vader. Now, S- Sam... How big a fan of you uh, of the Dark Knight Rises are you? are you? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you kind of eh about it? Like, what's your fan? Because this is apparently a very divisive movie. I, like I said, yeah. I got into a heated mm. argument with mm. about it after I saw it, and I didn't think that was going to be a thing because to me, at that time, that's kind of changed now. Mm. That there were very obvious dumb things mm. that I'm like, how can you not admit that that makes this movie yeah, dumb? I think straight away there are there are plot holes that people took issue with. I enjoyed it. I really, I really, really liked it at the time. And I would say I don't like it less now, mm. but I'm also, I've always been the kind of person that can recognize the flaws of a film and still mm. go, I'm going to enjoy it. The sa- like, I'm still going to enjoy it just as much as I did. Mm. And, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll happily look those flaws in the face. A- and say hello. And say hello. <laughs> but I, I, I really do enjoy the film. Great. Now, just to give a quick summary for The Dark Knight Rises before we kind of delve deeper into it, I guess the best way to describe it is Batman has to come out of retirement, come out of Mm -hmm. hiding, come out of seclusion. Being a hermit. Being a hermit uh, to take on a new foe, a masked foe who's now in charge or... Is he kind of in charge of the League of Shadows? Is he actually in charge of the League of Shadows? It uh, kind of is vague, right? Because it feels like he isn't, but he is. It's kind of like a 
off offshoot. Uh, off well, basically, the masked villain Bane takes Gotham as hostage, and it's up to Batman to rise up to the challenge to fight him. Mm. But also, um, Marion Coltyard's secretly the villain all along. Ooh, isn't she scary? Ooh, ooh, her French accent. <laughs> like, Man, stop scaring me. And also, Catwoman and Robin. Xenophobia are... <laughs> is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Catwoman and, Ro- and Robin are there. Mm. And Ben Mendelsohn's here. Like, everyone's here. Everyone's the guy here. from Game of Thrones is the here. The guy from Prison Break. The guy from Torchwood's here. Everyone's here. Wait, which one from Prison Break? The uh, prison He war- loves Prison Break. <laughs> the prison warden. The prison warden's in... Isn't he in... He's in Dark Knight. I don't think he's in Dark Knight. Wait, which Dark one's the prison warden? Uh, in this. In is this, he a prison warden in this? In this, yes. He's a bold guy that's, like, walking next to a guy. Oh, I'm thinking of a different guy from Prison Break. Yeah, there, there's a guy at the beginning of the is Dark Knight. Is it T. Bagarelli? The, the, no, no. <laughs> the, bank, the guy who owns the bank. In the dark night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is he in, is he in Prison Break? Yeah. I just know him as the guy who's in everything. Like what's his he's name? Like William no Fish idea. Finch Fichtner, something like that, yeah. Fichtner. I hope he's not listening because I don't know. It's William name. F. That would be so I, you know, be so Can I just say with the Dark Knight Dark Knight, I just watched it. I got him and Eric Roberts who plays was it Maroni? Yeah, Sal Maroni. I got him and him confused because they look like and no, you play, know how, you know how there are actors who compete characters. roles. Yeah, would... it's like they literally competed for the same role. And Chris Nolan was like, "Let's have you both in." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Let's have you both. You so, can be in the first scene. So that's kind of the premise. Like, yeah, it's up to Batman to kind of come out of retirement, rise mm-hmm. up to the challenge, learn some lessons along the way, accept failures along the way, mm-hmm. and make Alfred cry along the way. I mean, that's. And uh, Bane's big bad man with a voice and a mask, and he's gonna be scary. And Marion Coltyard's there being the secret villain all along. Which is my biggest complaint in the movie still. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but... she dies, Ryan. Don't get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going back to visit this movie, Bartek, yes. what was it like for you? Yeah, it was it was one of those experiences where I remembered little things from the cinema, like shots, the lines, p- uh, cameos. Like, I remember at the time when I saw The Prison Break, I'm like, oh, I know this guy. Mm. And then when I saw him again, I'm like, I remember this shot. Right. And uh, I remember remembering this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Remembering, remembering would be the next time I watch it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, obviously... Technically, uh, you're remembering, remembering, that's remembering now. it now. We're living, yes. that We're living now. in the now. <laughs> One of the weirdest things for me, um, I, th- I think when I, originally, when I initially saw the film, it was before I played um, Arkham City. Right. Which was the first time I'd ever heard anything Delicious. of Ra's... R-A-G. Actually, the Raz is the correct pronunciation. Okay, really? in the game because they call him tri- Raish. Yeah. In the, in the it, trivia it, on this, they're like, uh, it's wrong, it's Raish. <laughs> it's Ra- It's pronounced Raish in all the other Batman mythos, but in Arabic, where they derive the language from, mm. it would be pronounced Raz. So I mean, it's easier Nolan, to say Raz. <laughs> Nolan actually got brownie points for actually having what would be the correct thank god he still cast a white guy's bane though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a white guy as both from the uk yeah, yeah. good on him um, what a champ and yeah then... but the, the thing i'm getting at here is um i think in recent years you ryan have talked about this film a lot and you mentioned mm. like oh yeah you know talia was the villain all along I'm like wait i don't remember anything of that i just remember bane I just remembered Bane anticlimactically dying. For me, for dying. me, for me really... how could you forget? I like, like, because it meant nothing to me. Yeah, I haven't seen. Well, that's that a problem. Begins. It yeah, meant nothing true. to me if either. If you hadn't, <laughs> if you hadn't that, like Giorgio, uh, that was another thing. Like where you were saying, Connor, like 
leaned over and said, "That's Talia." But she's got a scar it's I, from the comic. I do something. Sim- I did something similar in the cinema with my friend Joel, um, <laughs> where I leaned over and said, "I'm not going to like spoil anything, but when we talk about it at the end of this film, and I say I knew that from that moment, you'll be able to say that's when he turned and, and mm. made me aware that he was aware." It's pretty much as soon as you get in in any of these superhero movies, if you get introduced to a character and you're mm. given their full name in the introduction. And you don't recognise it's not it? a name you recognise as a comic book fan. You know that's not who they're playing. I suppose the same can be said in... Star in, Trek Into yeah. Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> we had to go there. I was actually going to let that slide, but now I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no, it's true. But then sometimes with the Batman mythology, especially in TV and films, that's not necessarily the case. You know, sometimes you do get characters that don't exist in the comics and then now they exist in the comics. Yeah, true. Like, so, you know, like, you know, like the 60s Batman did that a lot and now mm-hmm. there are famous characters that are in the comics now because of that show and, and same Harley with the animated. Quinn, yeah. Exactly. So it's not necessarily the rule. So you give it a little bit of a leeway. There is break. one notable aversion to that rule in this film. Yeah. We didn't hear Bane's last name. That's true. Bane you... Smith. <laughs> <laughs> didn't hear Smith. Bane Bane. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bartok, you were kind of like coming back into this, you were just getting memories of things, but mm. did you enjoy it more? Did you not like it? What did you, did you, did you like it? I think I was kind of neutral on it. Still neutral, huh? Still a little bit neutral. I mean, mm. I, I did have a little extra context because I know about some memes mm. of this film that have been popular online. Which I did not know about until talking to Bartek last night about. Like, yeah. I knew about other memes, but I didn't know about Bane posting specifically. I knew about, like, other <laughs> things about Bane's voice and jokes about the Bane thing, but I didn't know specifically the you're a big guy thing being a specific joke. That's a scene I forget. Like, mm. like everyone talks about, like, remember that opening of the plane? And yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't, actually. <laughs> I kind of forgot because nothing happens on Speaking the plane. Speaking the plane gets contact. I just realized, I also saw, I can't remember what movie I was watching, but I saw there was, like, a special where they showed that opening scene right. at the beginning of some other movie. And you're like, now I remember. So you're still neutral. And why I'm pressing Bartek is Bartek's always kind of neutral or kind of eh on superhero or comic book movies. And I'm pressing you a bit since you haven't really seen The Dark Knight proper and Batman Begins you haven't seen. Mm. Even though you're still meh about it, would you still say that this movie is... Would you agree or disagree that this movie is still highly uh, 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 like intelligent and above the grade of your regular comic book movies? Or would you still say it still falls into your trappings of like the quality... Because, you know, Christopher Nolan is an auteur director. People praise mm. this trilogy for being not just your comic book movies, but above that. Would you still think, like, do you still think that it's just meh, like, comic book, or do you think they're higher than that? I mean, honestly, when I think about, like, the ending stretch of the film, there's a lot of messy stuff there mm-hmm. that I think, in a film that's almost three hours, is this really how it you want It kind of disqualifies it, in a way. Yeah, like, mm. I mentioned already Bane's anticlimactic end in this film. Yeah. Which, we can get into that later, but, mm. yeah, and, uh... Obviously, anything that relates to the previous films, there was some iffiness on my part, and mm. I would I would probably say that that's on me. Yeah. But then I remember that The Dark Knight is often considered a really good standalone film, and yeah, you know, on is. this on this episode of our podcast, we are talking about standalone films. So yeah, the problem is, can it... I really say, hey guys, forget the first two films, watch this film? Can I say that? Probably not. But, but yeah. like lots of you could, if you wanted to watch this trilogy again, you could easily skip the. 
Batman Begins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, definitely. For sure. Here's, here's my actual thing with Batman Begins. I'll say this. The Dark Knight, on a level, is weakened in certain regards if you've seen Batman Begins because the Rachel relationship in Batman Begins and then transitions, not just the difference of actresses, but then transitions to the Dark Knight kind of feels way off. Like, mm. like oh, now she's in love with Harvey Dent. Oh, how long has taken place since? Wait, what? Yeah. Like, there are little things like that where you go, oh, but in a standalone, fine. But in the in the end of Batman Begins, you kind of go, oh, okay, it's going to be like this. And then Dark Knight kind of goes, no, we're going to go this way. Mm. Which you could go, oh, that's a little bit weak, but... I'm just curious because you're always a bit more critical on comic book mm. movies than the average movie-going person, and especially people who analyzes films. Like I, I still think that the trilogy is still high-grade comic book entertainment. Mm. But I have my own theory. I have my own perspective on this particular movie. What about you, Sam? You, you, you love these comic book movies in particular. Do you? Go in the grain of thinking that these Nolan movies and the Dark Knight Rises, all these movies are the high standard of comic book movies? I, th- I think they're not the only comic book movies that you can hold to a higher caliber. And I mean, uh, the rainy Spider-Man's, obviously. I think... Uh, I mean that, genuinely. I think that, like, when you... You said it as well, Nolan's an auto-director. When you look at the production elements and the way they're treated mm. in the film as not just a how do we get from plot A to plot B... Mm. But I think a good, uh, it's probably one that you can say about The Dark Knight, um, not necessarily say about The Dark Knight Rises, but you can say about The Dark Knight that you can't say about most comic book films is if you took the protagonist out, if you took the fact that they're a superhero out of the plot, is it still a, a brilliant film? And yeah. I think The Dark Knight in that case is a clear yes. yes. If that was just a film about a man who does all the things Batman does without being Batman, you'd be like... What a great film. Yeah. I think the same can probably be said for something like Captain America Winter Soldier, mm. where if you take out that he's Captain America, if he was just a regular sol- like high-ranking soldier, yeah. and these are the decisions he had to make, and this was his backstory, you'd be like, great, yeah. great film, great premise. I agree, mm-hmm. and you could stipulate that too with, like, say, the Guardians movies, if you remove the whole oh, Marvel universe and all that, it you could see it as just like a magnificent seven in space type adventure. Yeah. Then it works as well. Yeah. Um, let's go into the more positive aspects of The Dark Knight Rises, because I feel like we're all kind of leaning on this, like, eh, it's, it's no, you know, like, eh. What are some of the things that we did enjoy about this? Any particular highlight moments? What about you, Sam? I think despite, um, the whitewashing, I think, um, Bane does make, until it's sort of, he's sort of pushed aside, Bane does make for a engaging villain to watch he does create tension very very well oh yeah mm. and their their little tricks of making tom hardy look bigger and more intimidating than yeah. he truly is in life that and obviously me, yeah. obviously he worked hard to be in a certain type of shape but um you know he's five nine on a warm day yeah. so it's kind of like for them to get him to Christian Bale's six even and, yeah. and for him to tower over someone like Ben Mendelsohn, I think who is tall. Yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> they did a really good job at genuinely making Bane interesting to watch. Um, did it have to be Tom Hardy? Probably not, but he's, he's who would you have, who well, who would you think? I probably I'm probably not gonna say I'm well versed enough in Hispanic male actors of that age that mm. could have come in and played the role racially accurately and as well. That's I true. think Tom Hardy is incredibly expressive with his brows. 
Yes. Like he manages to get so much across with most of his face not being I visible. I totally agree that Bane is one of the highlighting aspects of of this particular film. I agree he is he is expressive with his face but also uh, his body his like gestures his and gestures that. and his stance and all of that and uh you know that's something to praise but I also hate that because <laughs> um <laughs> There's no way to describe. I've been dancing around it. I kind of hated this movie watching it this time around. Mm-hmm. I actually loathed it this time around because I immediately got taken out of the movie and saw that this was a construction mm-hmm. and this was a manufactured product that was made to be consumed. The illusion was broken. And this suspension of disbelief, the illusion was broken. And Tom Hardy is one of the reasons. And the voice, of course, but one of the things with the physical stuff is I'm seeing Tom Hardy having to overcome the barrier as an actor of having your face obscured. Mm. So he has to do these big gestures, and I'm just noticing these gestures. But at the same time, I know as an actor, and I know from a standpoint of a film, he has to do those. Mm. But since the film has kind of broken the illusion for me, it's just like, well, there's things where I go... You are you are doing something that I can see is a construction here is is an illusion. Mm-hmm. I I can see this, but he does give a brilliant performance. I think Tom Hardy really nails this role. Even though I'm not familiar with Bane as a character before mm-hmm. this movie, like mm-hmm. I remember him being talked about as like the big bad guy that broke Batman's back, and that's kind of it. Like no real oh his character is like this. Just I, he's the big guy that broke Batman's back, and that's kind of like ooh. Most people's understanding of the character also comes from the the Batman and Robin interpretation uh, of the film within the Thurman, where they they intentionally made him more like Solomon Grundy, and originally yeah. that was the character they were going to have in the film. Um, and so most people's understanding of Bane expectations initially is that he's just a big, dumb, strong guy. Yeah. Whereas in the comics, it's always, he's it's smart. always been that he's, he's just as tact, you know, tactile and just as, um, intelligent mm. as well as the physical aspect of being the first villain Batman comes across that Batman Doesn't... can't outfight. Yeah. You know, and that usually Batman is going to outthink mm. someone or he's going to outfight them. I think Al- Alfred has the thing in this film where he talks Alfred's... about like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. He's, he's smarter. He's all not smarter, but he's, he's, he's younger. He's stronger. He's... And he's look at his physical capabilities. You're yeah. going to go up against this. And that was, and that translates well into this movie. That mm. stuff you're talking about. And as someone who isn't familiar with this character until this movie, Same. it made me want to know more about this character mm. and see more of the, him as a character, whether it be portrayed by Tom Hardy or somebody else. Like, I'm just like this, guy is an intimidating force it's great that they didn't go like you have the problem of you have the joker you know like that's oh my god Heath ledger gave like one of the best performances of that decade and how are you gonna how you gonna follow that up and i think tom hardy and the bane character does do as well as a good placeholder like you don't Mm. feel disappointed Mm. until the very end with bane's as the central antagonist of this feature film even if you haven't seen uh the batman begins you still understand what Bane is about. You still get yes. what, like, he is, like, I'm here. And why he's there. Why yeah. is there. And he explains it. Well, you don't need to understand what Raj al Ghul was doing in the first movie to truly understand what Bane is trying to do in this movie and what yeah. Marion Coltiard is trying to do in the end. But, um, yeah, that's kind of, like, the big thing. What about you, Bartek? What was some, some great positive that you got out of this movie? Is it is it the Bane performance? Is there anything else in this movie that was really, like, a high mark for you? No, but Bane was Bane was really good. I really enjoyed Bane. Um, I thought the acting in general was pretty decent. 
Right. Any any like uh, technical things or like an action sequence or a particular set of scenes or scene or moment that really was like, wow, that is that's great. I guess it would have stood out considering in the trivia I read that Batman's only in 33 minutes of this uh, (laughs) almost three hour film. I I guess when you first see him and he's riding the motorbike through the city and you can see all the sirens of the police chasing him, that really stuck out for obvious reasons. And like I said, when I was watching it, some shots from that stuck in my head from my first viewing, Mm. mainly when he was on the bridge with the, the... tablet thing and the cops were coming in the distance yeah that I, was pretty fun i think that's a really good one to point out because uh something that batman is is very much not as much the protagonist in these two films as he is in batman begins and you kind of touched on that Ryan. yeah but it's also are you talking about the persona of the batman? persona of batman yeah, as well yeah. um i think just a general character some of the some of the best um parts of any all of the films even in batman begins they did this they did it well in the intro to dark knight where you see a drug deal almost happen and he sees the bat signal and mm. goes not tonight um where in some ways when you see the public idea and image of batman they mm. show you in a small time they show you look how look how much this character has done to affect the his environment so i think when you have those the cop scene that you were describing and one cop is sort of like now nah, let him go mm. and the other cops are like these young cops who haven't been on the force when Batman was first around. Yeah, and don't, re- and don't remember don't how bad remember. it was before Batman. Yeah, they're, they're sort of like, the fact within their world, they built up this mythos of who Batman is and what he can do. Yeah. Just get out of his way if you can help it. Type yeah, thing. I think the film does a really good job of establishing how the universe has been affected over this eight-year course of like the Dent Act mm-hmm. and the Batman legacy and how some people see him as this monster and some people still see him as that hero and some don't believe and some do. And there's like this this division between the, the cops and the force and, and children and mm. dealers and like all this stuff. I think they did a really good job of that and like how this city is built upon this great lie mm. of Harvey Dent and what a hero he was and how actually he wasn't really that great of a hero in mm. the end. And like, I think they did a really decent job on that aspect. And uh, I think this movie, another positive I would give this movie is when I first saw this movie, I didn't care for Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. I was just like, eh. And this time around, I actually really enjoyed her. I've been rewatching mm. the nineteen sixties Batman, uh, Adam West, and Eartha she, Kitt. Um, well, she comes She's in third them, season yeah. uh, with um, not Lee Merriweather, uh, um, Julie Newmar, mm. and she really reminds me of Julie Newmar's Catwoman, while still being her own kind of thing. Like yeah. the Julie Newmar one plays it more like she was, she is a socialite who just does this for fun. Yeah. Like, she's equal to Bruce in yes, the 60s one, while in this one, they do play around with the fact that she's poor, and, you know, and, she's kind of aspiring to be that, but also she despises that, and I kind of like that kind yeah. of thing, and I, I really appreciated her performance in this. I thought Anne Hathaway was having a blast. I thought she added some much-needed uh, vigor and life to Christian Bale's performance, because Christian For Bale... Sure. Everyone he's interacting with, other than Catwoman, he's so grim. Yeah. He's just so dour. And he, she's the only person in this movie that brings charm out of him. And I've always said Christian Bale's a great actor, but the one thing he doesn't... And this is also not necessarily criticism. He is not a charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. You watch him to see the void of charisma. Like You watch <laughs> him to see like how you can be appealed to mm-hmm. a character that is not appealing. But he is not like... 
like American Psycho is the closest, but he's a sociopath. But like, you don't go to Christian Bale to be like, oh, you know, he's really charming. Him, no, you just go there for George Clooney yeah. or or Ewan McGregor or someone. But Bradley Cooper, so Bradley those, Cooper those or or Michael Caine and something like that. Like even in this movie, like Michael Caine and Gary Oldman are actors who have built their careers on charisma as well as pure acting talent. Well, Christian Bale doesn't have that. So Anne Hathaway brings that out of him. And I really appreciate that. I felt like they had a great rapport with one another. And like the Catwoman in this, like all of the Dark Knight trilogy is based off Frank Miller's interpretation of Batman. Um, And his interpretation of Catwoman, which is in Batman Year One, is that she was like a prostitute. Yeah. So like the idea of... Bat, uh, Catwoman being a socialite who doesn't underst- doesn't feel the consequences of her actions yeah. is kind of gone out the gone. window. Yeah, but I really which lo- works. Yeah. I think Anne Hathaway. Um, I-, I think I, when I saw it, I was like, I liked Catwoman, but it was a little toned down. Mm. It was a little too toned down for me. Um, and I think when I watched it second or third time, I was like, actually, it's kind of the only way you could introduce this character in the context of the Nolan verse, if you will. And I think there's a specific point. Like, I think as well she gets toned, she's toned down for what you think a cat woman, like you think a cat woman, like this crazy sex. She's definitely less sexual. Sexual, which yeah. I thank which is, God. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, unlike Marion Cotillard in that one specific scene where they're like, hey, she's got big titties and we've got to show them. And I'm like, Chris? Mm. But, um, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, but like, I appreciated she she tones down once she betrays Batman. Like mm. like she realizes internally, shit, what I was doing was wrong this entire time. But it still takes her the rest of the movie to fully accept that and act on and it. Like her right performance from that point where the gates close and she's watching Batman get his ass handed to him, she tones it down in certain ways. Like she still has some scenes where like, hey Ben Mendelsohn. And like I'm I've got heels, threaten you sexually, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> like, like you know, I like your shoes, yeah, yeah. like this, bam. And like I thought she brought a lot of life. And I remember people criticized Anne Hathaway a lot for this at the time. Mm. I thought people, I remember people being like, ah, she wasn't very good, or that's not my Catwoman. And there's been a period of time where, for a period of time, Anne Hathaway was like this pariah for some reason. She never did anything. Just and now she's popular again because she did like Ocean's Eight, and everyone's like, she's sexy, and I'm like, she's always been sexy. But like, I and I've always oh, thought she's a great actress, and she's here a, I, she's amazing. I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan, and it was actually funny because I was discussing her the other day, mm. where um, when you watch Princess Diaries and you watch that the first. Even when I watched that the first time around as an eleven-year-old yeah. boy, and they try to tell you at the beginning of the she's movie, ugly. Yeah. she's ugly. She's ugly because she's never bought it too. Frizzy hair. I was like, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the don't exact try same. to tell me. Don't try that to tell she's me. She's not one of the most beautiful women. In, can I just tell you something? In, Bob, <laughs> in the suburb that I live in, when I go home every day, I have to walk through the shopping center, and the, in you there's think of Anne no, 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 no. I do, <laughs> I do, because there's a wall-sized image of Anne Hathaway for this store that sells glasses, and she's wearing glasses, and they've got her posed where her body's turned to the side and her head's kind of tilted towards us, and it's the most unflattering picture of Anne Hathaway. It's like, oh, it makes it I look like... You you it makes it you me. look like... It makes it look like her neck and jaw are just one... Th- like, there's no, like, defining separation yeah. or, like, outline. It just makes it look like a horse face, which is, like, she every day look like. I look at that and go... 
that's a terrible photo of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and I'm like, she's gorgeous. And this photo is like every day is saying, look how ugly she is. I'm yeah. like, no, don't do this, Anne. It makes me not want those glasses, Anne. <laughs> like, like, you know, like I pointed to Bartek and Bartek was like, yeah, like it's not flattering. Like, I, I think I even said like, that's Anne Hathaway. Like, yeah, like you I, don't <laughs> even, like it's so unflattering of a photo. And then next door, the shop has one of Margot Robbie looking gorgeous. And I'm like, Poor Anne, she's got done by a blonde. Like, yeah. like typical brunette problems here. They're just doing it. But Bart, like, what did you think about Catwoman in this? Were you buzzed by her? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a big character that even yeah. people who aren't into the comics all they have an understanding yeah. of this character, whether it be like the... 60s interpretation on the cartoons or the games or whatever. For me, it's, yeah, it's the cartoons and the games that I mainly know her uh, from. Not, not, not Michelle Pfeiffer? Michelle no, Pfeiffer. No, I haven't seen that. Mm, um, you're missing out. Little Ryan liked that movie that's a lot. A, that's a, Big Ryan likes it too. That's a very <laughs> different Catwoman in its own right too. Very different from other <laughs> tasty Catwoman. Thing. But go on. Uh, yeah, it, I definitely get the whole toned down thing because the character there is a lot more... Well, she, she's flirty in this as well, but I, it's a lot more, I guess... Overt. Sexualized. Yeah. Over, overt. Yeah, overt. Um, yeah, it was... It was different i read online that apparently a lot of people were upset that she didn't have the cat ears but then when she had the goggles yeah up, they're like ah oh, there it is there i thought that was great i thought that I was clever people, too i heard people make that say oh that's stupid and i'm like ah, i think it'd be more stupid if she actually had cat ears i think at the time <laughs> i didn't like it and then it grows on thinking you. about it i was like that way makes way more sense <laughs> yeah like, like she's not like bruce who said i'm gonna be a bat so people are scared of it she's not like i'm gonna be a cat so no one Mm. You know, so people feed me and take me in. I don't know. Like, like I, I like, I like that. Mm. I agree. I thought, I thought she did good. I thought I liked she her was first scene too. Yeah. <laughs> with with taking out Bruce. The, the best scene that she does is when the cops raid the bar that she's in. And, oh, really? And for a moment, we see not just Anne Hathaway as the actress playing Catwoman, but, but Selena Kyle. But Selena Kyle as the actress playing. See, my favorite was when she took on Ben Mendelsohn. I thought that was awesome and when the guy from Torchwood is coming in and he's like oi I like those shoes and she's just kicking ass and like being evil and like cool and awesome that was my favourite scene with like her being Catwoman Yeah, like I liked uh, just her and Bruce at the dance that was really good that was like awesome I thought that was really well done I thought the dialogue for the most part was well done I have problems with dialogue in general in this movie though it's kind of like mm. Every character sounds the exact same. Mm. Like, if I read to you a line from Catwoman and put on my Bane voice and yeah, didn't we're... tell you it wasn't from Catwoman... So that's what we're going to do at the end. We're going to read other characters' vo lines in Bane voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly I'll right. Be <laughs> you be Alfred, the read the whole Bane posting scene. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, when she was saying that line where it's just like, there's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne, blah, blah, blah. And when yeah. you batten down the hatches, you're wonder. And I'm like, Bane should be saying this at this fucking... It sounds like Bane would say this. He'll be like, yeah, there's a storm so. coming, Mr. Wayne. And you're like, yeah. Like, but that's Anna, my problem. But, like, a lot uh, of these characters sound the exact they same. Do, they, the like, choice all, of words is very similar. They all sound like, like someone the, who's I like... the way Anne Hathaway says that to him. Oh, no. It's, she says yeah, it one, She says it like good. a cat. Yeah. She kind of purrs gets into his a little ear and, and like yeah. she's like really... Yeah, I, I found her way more enjoyable this time around. Yeah. Um, like I said, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, she's, she wasn't out there enough. Or, out there uh, enough. Then, for I yeah. guess since I haven't really remembered her that much, then same. Any other positives on this? Like... 
I feel like we're going to have more negatives, it feels like, or at least I am. Uh, like, I don't want to harsh the buzz too much on this. Like, this mm. is still a decent movie, yeah. even though I just said I hated it a moment and ago. I like, I can still see that this movie is trying, it's... but it feels like the positives are, like, Tom Hardy and Anne Hathaway was undervalued from the audience at the time, and now Definitely. maybe we look at it, and it's like, is that it? It's really is we, that is. There's, there's, there's Michael Caine is good, but at the same time, um, I kind of hate it. Obviously, I'm going to give you more that like you like about it, like mm. that I like about it. I think Michael, there's Michael Caine's scenes with Bruce in this are really good because the idea is Alfred is the only one other than the audience who who gets knows to him. see re, like the real Bruce. Everyone yeah. knows Bruce, mm. uh, and especially now that we don't have Rachel. So at the beginning of the film, he's the on, only person that gets the real Bruce and Bruce can kind of not just, it can have a little laugh with Alfred, but also like they can be real with each other. I think the moment like where he tells him about how how Rachel really felt is, Mm. is a brilliant exchange between the two characters. Yeah. And I think it's an important exchange. I just, to have I, I, I want to feel that. I felt that the first time I saw it and this time I saw it, it felt empty to me. Okay. That scene, like, like the acting superb. Yeah. But the actual meat of that felt a bit empty to me I think the with the blo- whole like revelation of this letter and that. I felt like the but, scene should have gone on longer, but I then they had to cut. Differently. I think it could have been, been staged. staged differently. I think, I think there could have been some back and forth movement. Like he's on the stairs and he's just kind of standing there and they're not even showing any camera angles to show that Bruce is towering over Alfred in this moment no, of Bruce kind of like... Being annoyed, but also Christian Bale's playing it. Yeah, but but Alfred's being weak. Like, he's being like, I'm vulnerable, I'm telling you this. And Bruce is being like, how dare you? Like, you you, you betrayed me on a level. But Christian Bale's kind of playing it like... How dare you? Uh, you betrayed me. Like, I, like I'd feel like s- another take. A little too what could, down. Uh, yeah, I yeah would have a little probably, too lifeless. I, I want I more agree. emotion I, there. And that's Christopher Nolan's biggest complaint for most people is emotions emotion. and hearts. For me, the obviously because I haven't seen the previous films, I don't really know who Rachel is. That was kind of like Maggie Gyllenhaal. So you that were, was basically you like going to be invested. In it was like anyway. a plot twist from out of nowhere about a character I didn't really know. So it's like, oh. Okay. I mean, we can all appreciate it on an acting level. Like, Michael Caine's acting is Michael ass off Caine in this, Caine. but my problem with that is I see the mechanics of it. I see Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan sitting down and going, all right, how can we, we manipulate to... the audience into feeling something? I know we need a character, and specifically an actor, who the audience isn't familiar with as being really emotional. Michael Caine isn't someone you see cry all the time. Yeah. So when Michael Caine slash Alfred cries and gets emotional, you, the audience, in turn, are going to get emotional on several levels. One, it's Alfred crying. What he's crying about, yes. But, and then the most important is, it's Michael Caine crying. And he's a tough guy. He's from the Italian job. You don't see Michael Caine shed a tear, usually. He's Austin Powers' dad. Like, you know, you don't see that. So it kind of feels like, to me, like, as much as I appreciate the acting, I feel the manipulation of, and here's how we manipulate the audience to feel emotion over this conflict that we're going to be setting up. And the way, and yes, that's a great setup for a conflict, Mm -hmm. but then it doesn't go anywhere. I think... It just kind of... That's it, and yeah. go away, Alfred. And then Alfred is like, "Oh, Bruce, I let you down." At the end, and that's the last time we see him until the end, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just kind of feels like I would love more of 
this, but this movie's got so many things going on. Now they can't focus it. on it. I, yeah. I think it's because if you kind of had the sort of story trope of casting Alfred out, but Alfred comes back just in time to make the difference. Yeah. Mm. Then you kind of, I think you're getting the audience going like, Ugh, you know. Yeah. I, th- I think that scene, and I think they did enough in the previous scenes for Alfred to be like, hey, uh, this guy's too strong. Yeah. Like, take it slow. And then, hey, you're going to get yourself killed. And hey, now you know the truth. I think... I think the scene would have worked. I think blocking is a large detriment to the scene and framing, as you said, like in terms of on the stairs. I think also, it would have, I think lighting would have helped. It was just such like a. It was just a plane. It's grey. I think it would have been more powerful, perhaps, if they were in the midst of doing something and it was an unavoidable truth that Alfred had to then yeah to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if if you had a scene that kind of had some pace, they're moving, they're getting some stuff done, and then the the break. Can and the you stop. remind me where was Bruce going? In that scene, he was going to what to bed? Is that he going like no, upstairs or something? What no, was he's he doing? Going, I feel like he was going downstairs. No, oh. I thought he was going physically up. Was he? But where was he going in the next scene? Like, because I can't remember. Because I was, I agree. Like, would have been so better like, if, if he was literally about there? to go meet Catwoman. Was that it? Like, I feel like it would make sense if he was like, I'm gonna go meet Catwoman, or I'm gonna go trust, like, I'm gonna go and fight Bane. Yeah, you're but saying. But I can't that... remember if that's like the point where Alfred does that to even drive Bruce into being more arrogant. Because that's the big thing about this movie, right? He gets his ass handed to him because he was too cocky. Yeah. Right, he thought he could do it. He's like, I'm back in the game. I'm Batman, kind of. Yeah. But like, at the same time, I kind of wish that they played on that arrogance a bit more. Kind of just felt like, oh, he didn't expect getting betrayed, and that was kind of his cockiness. And but the downfall was that Catwoman tricked him. Tra- and... Tricked him because he trusts a lady. And not that he underestimated his Bane. Because my biggest complaint with the Bane fight, everyone loves his Bane fight. My biggest complaint is continuity-wise, it doesn't even work with. In the third act, it's revealed, like, when he takes out Bane, if you punch his mask, it weakens him. Mm. I watched that this scene, the fight scene in the first half, where Bane kicks his ass, knowing that that's a thing, right? Yeah. And Bruce is punching that fucking mask, and you have the sound of fist on metal, and it still doesn't make a difference in this scene for some reason. Mm. And that was driving me nuts. I'm like, so wait... Bruce was using his mind in this scene. Like, originally, I was like, in my brain, I'm like, oh, he got cocky, and he underestimated his strength, and he didn't use intelligence. Like, if it was me, I would be like, if I, if it was Batman, if it was me, I would go for that mask, because that's obviously something that mm, is a weakness. Yeah. But in the scene, he does go for the mask, and it doesn't make a difference you know for some reason, you know which is weird? extra confusing, because then in the movie, it's like, hey, it actually does make a difference. You need to try it. And then he does, and it works. And I'm like, but why did it work this time? And not the first time. You know what's weird that I just thought about um, with that mask thing? Taking out the humour from this earlier scene, on the plane, when they were talking about the it will be extremely painful for you thing. Yeah. It feels like this whole thing of he was hitting the mask would have been playing on that. Of like, oh, you're going for the mask? This is going to be painful for you. But then this twist at the end of like, no, that would be painful for me. It kind of seems... Inconsistent. Inconsistent, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I like the Bane fight on in theory, and it has the iconic lines of dialogue about mm. the darkness, and oh, I was born in it, you adopted it, all that kind of stuff, which mm. I like that interaction. I like what he's saying. I like what he's doing, but it's like yeah. the fight itself, I kind of wish we saw Bruce kind of think that he was winning, and mm. then Bane's like, actually, no, but immediately it's like they're it's two boxes yeah. mm. boxing, like, I wish I saw Bruce being like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll try. Like, he does one thing. I'll give him credit. He tries to throw those little smoke bombs. Yeah. 
but it doesn't even work with the way the lighting is because you don't even see any smoke come out or whatever it, it is. They just throw little bombs like, everywhere. It feels like he missed. Yeah, little flashbangs, yeah. but it didn't even work. So I was like, what were you doing, Batman? It just felt like, I, I guess he's trying to be desperate, but I don't know. It didn't communicate across that well in the I direction. Mean, like it's I think framing the and staging. in there as well is he throws them and this, it's underwhelming for us, the audience. It's obviously underwhelming for Bane. But I think in the moment they're trying to show us that his tricks aren't working the guy who knows yeah, these that tricks it, that it's meant to seem like weak and unimpressive yeah. but and the problem is in direction it comes across as kind of weak and unimpressive yeah. and i'm like oh i know what you're doing yeah, i um, can see what you're doing chris it's just not I, I doing think, it i think a better bang demise would have been some of the other things that Batman learnt along the way. Like, oh, I mean, using his brains instead of at the end he realizes he just needs to punch hard, <laughs> like which I, he did the it's, first it's time. More, it's it's more like you remember the payoff in Batman Begins. He says, "You never minded your environment." Yeah, and that's the that is in, that's a that's payoff the fight in which he he does mind his environment. I think something similar where he's like, "Oh, the way to beat Bane isn't by." Physically, like, physically punching, punching him, him in the face. It would have been a, I've set something up in which I am guaranteed to succeed. So more like yeah. a, a Bane steps on the wrong thing and gets grappled and... Yeah. Or he lures him somewhere, something him falls somewhere, on him. Something yeah. like that. Where it's a little more Batman outsmarted this guy. In a oh, kind yes. of like the Mr. Freeze fight in Arkham City then. Yeah. 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 Just a bunch of setups. Like, That's, yeah. yeah. It, here's my big issue. Okay, we're, we're talking about the Bane demise. We might as well talk about it for, for the... Because it is the worst. Mm. One, of, one of the worst aspects of this movie. It's not the worst for me. But it's embarrassing when Batman Forever figured out how to demise its villains smarter and more clever than Christopher Nolan. Mm. As did Batman and Robin. Mm. Like, it's so embarrassing that that's the case. Like, Bane just gets shot... And he and then and you don't they s- get up and go, guns and- are good. I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah, they don't show. They don't really show him getting shot. They don't look at his body on the ground. Yeah, you, I, you I remember when I was in the cinema. Not, uh, I literally was like, he's going to get up because he's yeah, Bane and he's yeah. wearing like a big vest. I was like, oh, it's bulletproof, right? Like, it's got to be right. The lack of emphasis suggests that there's going to be a thing of like they think he's down, but then he comes back, kind of like a Terminator thing. Like, yeah. oh, that would, a... that would kill a normal person, but not this guy. Yeah, exactly. But then he just is dead, and they're like, now yeah. Talia's the problem. I'm like, not the small not woman that, who we have established isn't a fighter in but this. Not only that, like, there's no reason why she couldn't and shouldn't have also been the fighter. A more satisfying uh, yeah. end in is. The kind of physical fight that he was having with Bane ends because he outsmarts him, traps him, whatever. And then he has to have this, a similar type of physical altercation with Talia for that to feel satisfying as well. Yeah. Like, if, she was, if she's the daughter of the demon, but right, they also survived in this prison, also part of this terrorist organization, but you've they... got to assume she can fight in some But the problem is, and we're bringing up a little bit of the comments, but the problem is in this interpretation... They make it clear that Talia and Raz didn't really have didn't a relationship, so she didn't have these awesome set of skills. So they do at she's least fucked. kind of. But Bane she's, has them. Yeah, but but yeah, but Bane. But he's her bodyguard. She doesn't need to learn them because he does them. That's kind of the logic that they set up within this movie. Like mm-hmm. I think it would be better if we're saying what you're saying, but in the defense of the movie. It still works with what they're doing. She's the brains. She's the money. She's mm-hmm. the, I'm going to get this organization to give money for the tunnel. Like, oh, like I'm going to trick them to let me have the codes and take over Wayne Enterprises. Mm-hmm. She's that businesswoman villain, mm-hmm. which I 
forget, but at the same time, when you introduce Bane as the villain for nearly three hours of your movie, and then in one minute near the end, he's not actually the villain all along, Mm. it's her, you go, oh, well, she better be good. And then you go, oh, no, she isn't. And also, Bane goes out like a chump. They don't use the brains of Batman that we know he does. Like, he takes out the Joker. He takes out Raja Ghul. He takes out all the two, you know, like, with Two-Face is different because it was like a heat of the moment. You know, he got her or else and he broke his own rule. He killed a guy Mm. on that and all that. But this, it's just like, Bane is this, like, I'm going to kill you now. And then the script's like, no, we can't let him die. He's Batman. He needs to be there so that we can get him to this point in the script. So mm. who... Oh, Catwoman. Catwoman on Batman's Which motorcycle. Which I don't even mind Catwoman being the one to save him from Bane because at the because she's the one who set him up to fall with Bane in the first yeah. place. But at the same time, it's just like it's there for a gotcha. It should have also been, if Catwoman's the one that takes out Bane, it should have been a moment where Catwoman is uniquely equipped to take out Bane. <sighs> yeah, but she uses Not, a bat thing. She uses a bat thing. And it then, should have been like... Again, I just have an image of Bane hanging upside down and having yeah. like, that with Catwoman's whip like or whatever. It, it just should also, have been a Catwoman unique. It suit. also annoys me that he just got shot. Like They even make a joke where it's like, yeah, you're no guns policy. And it just kind of feels like Christopher Nolan, like he didn't want to make this movie. That's kind of well known. Like He was like, I'll do Inception first and then I'll do The Dark Knight Rises. Like, mm. you know, I'd rather do my own things, but okay. And it kind of just feels like Chris Nolan going, oh, yeah, Batman and the no gun thing is kind of annoying and dumb. So, yeah, Ryan, you uh, <laughs> shoot him. You worded it as a gotcha, but with how little emphasis they gave, it was more like uh, after the fact, it was like, hey, you didn't see that, did you? I was like, oh yeah, he did die from that, didn't he? I remember I walked out of the cinema and I said that. I was like, so Bane died weird right like mm. you expect like batman to outsmart him or something like maybe batman's image actually is so powerful that the people turn against bane or something yeah. but mm. the I... people are already turning before they know batman's back and another and it's like another oh. strength of um another strength of the dark knight is at the end the excellent dialogue of I have a feeling we're going to be doing this forever, you and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. And we know as an audience that Batman and the Joker are meant to be yeah, exactly. opposite each other forever. And I think if you'd had a similar ending where Bane lives and we just go, awesome, there's the opportunity for future... Like, we know we won't see another movie with Bane, mm. but just the idea that the city might have to deal with someone of his caliber again is exciting for us to know yeah and here's my big thing with um killing both villains right in the batman begins in the dark knight both villains or the set of villains and those things except for maybe two-face but he's kind of like a last act villain thing right we're talking about central raza ghoul and the joker and the joker they both unfortunately learn that batman's right about his perspective on things like raza ghoul has a moment where he's just like huh yeah, okay, and just dies. Like, he accepts what's gone on here. And the Joker is kind of, like, proven wrong, right? Mm. These two villains never learn that they were wrong. They never learn. They just die thinking that they won, mm. which is infinitely more boring for this series of movies. Like, Talia's laughing and thinking that she's won, and she doesn't learn anything. Like, no one learns a thing like Bane doesn't learn a thing he doesn't learn that Bruce was better than him really Mm. he doesn't like they don't learn anything before they die the other two movies they do learn something or they at least the audio at least it's proven like Batman's right Mm. but in this it's kind of like 
Batman was just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 isn't that the truth? He was lucky. Mm. Like, but then they also tried to do, it was all planned all along. He had the autopilot system all done up. And you're like, ha ha. Like, but okay. I have, I have my thoughts towards the, the very ending as well in terms of what would have been a more satisfying ending and kept in theme with what Nolan normally does. Yeah. With um, when, you know, Alfred had the scene earlier where he tells us how he goes to this French Ryan place. has no idea where you're going with this. Oh, I talk about this scene a lot too. Yeah. Do go on. So, Maybe it's the same thing. So, obviously, um, the more satisfying ending and in terms of just film as an art would have been more interesting and we see him do this with inception is the it's the same thing we see alfred look over we see him smile and nod but we don't see who he's looking at. i've said that (laughs) since day one and no joke sam i've said it to you i know you have and i remember the first time i said it you were like but no i i think we needed to see him because we needed to see at the first time so i haven't heard you say this aspect of it so i'm so glad to know that we are both on the same page with I, this, I, I, I remember. Just I always saying, felt that that was an. I always felt that it should have ended an, there. I always felt that was an. Trust an Michael, option and it felt weird that he didn't do it. Trust but Michael But I do Kane. enjoy that what Nolan wanted to do is this is, is maybe not have it open and ambiguous because he, <sighs> it, we're finishing it, we're done with it. Yeah, type thing. but you know what I mean. The open ending makes us go. <gasps> Yeah, but, I've I've said that for years and people have said no to ending. me about that. And for me, my big problem with this movie and the reason why I hated it this time around was the thing about certain movies is, say, like, let's talk about Zack Snyder, who's in, who was in charge of Batman for a while. The worst thing about him is he thinks he's smart, but he's actually dumb, right? Like, he thinks he's, like, this great philosophical genius that's like, yeah, see, yeah, symbolisms and blah, but we are, like, your dumb, Zack. Jolly ranchers, like, all this crazy stuff. The problem with Chris Nolan is we know he's smart. For me, it feels like he knows he's smart, but he thinks we're dumb. This mm-hmm. movie feels pandering. I, my intelligence was insulted for a lot of this. Like, and I've always said like like that scene at the end with Alfred seeing Batman and Batman's there, and like a lot of these scenes, it just feels like Christopher Nolan was like setting up like a meal for us, and then he put it on the floor and was like, "Eat off the fucking floor." You're a dumb dog to me. Like, like I feel like Can so I... insulted at some points in this movie with, like, the things that I liked about it. I see it again, and I go, that's so clunkily delivered. And then I realize, no, no, it's delivered for dum-dums. To... And this is a movie series that is not... To be fair, it's largely for an American audience. Oh, yeah, but the other two movies oh. he were does, he more does intelligent. It, he does it in The Dark Knight, too. He, there's a there's a thing that I... But it isn't as abundant as a, in this movie. There's a thing that I often dislike is when you when you use a flashback that you didn't need. Oh, yes. And, and Nolan, Nolan really likes them because he likes non-linear structures in general. Yes, he does. But um, I mean, I think the flashbacks the, in Batman Begin works because that's kind of the movie. Well, the ho- yeah, the whole movie is, is a non-linear structure. But um, the, biggest, the big, biggest example or the one that annoyed me uh, in a film that's not Nolan is M. Night Shyamalan in Signs, how he mm. flashbacks to the aliens, like fingers getting cut. And we're kind of like, we you didn't we didn't need the flashback. Yeah. You had the dialogue. We clicked. I think Nolan does that. He does. He actually does it in the Dark Knight as well. In which moment? I'm um, trying to remember. It's t- it's towards. I I can't think of the moment off off the top of my head. I know he does it in this one. Where he pulls it off in this one is the the jacket no. on, on the young Bruce Wayne. I no, believe. I he's I disagree I for one re- for one reason. 
too much in one regard. You have the line of dialogue said in the goofy Batman voice, and I'm like, I really would have appreciated if he just said it in, in his, his Bruce, Bruce, Wayne, Bru- voice. Bruce yeah. Wayne voice. But okay, yeah. fine. I'll let that slide. Then we get the flashback. And then we cut to Gordon going, oh my God, he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... But dumb, it, dumb. Like, the, have one or have none flash, is what I would prefer. Like, I would say just a flashback. Works. It's in but, but then it's ruined as, uh, by the oh, other sure. two aspects but, of it being like, I'm a boy. And then, I'm, and then he's Bruce Wayne. Like, like the problem is, yes, it works in isolation, but the problem is, it's, it's not, not in isolation. isolation. Yeah. It's a whole but movie. But what I'm saying is, that's that's the one example I have of using a flashback where the flashback is the non. Yeah, dumbed down way. Of as as happened. someone who hasn't seen the other films, when I heard that line, it clicked to me that like, oh, this must have been what happened when he was a child. Yeah, and then when it showed the flashback, I had like I was happy with that because it was like an yeah. affirmation. I'm like, okay, I did get it. Yeah, but you were then right. he was like, he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> now, to be fair, he said it a little more subtly than that. No, it's no, not he, as <laughs> subtle. he fucking didn't. It's he? probably the worst delivery he has. In How did he say movies. it? I, I'm misremembering. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> But it's also, oh, no, oh it's, shit, you're right, that is how but, he said it. He's worse. worse. Bad, he's, he's emphasizing just the voice. He's also slightly on profile with the wind blowing through his hair, and he <laughs> yeah. turns and he turns says it. And I'm him. like, oh, Chris, that's my, In my head. I, I know it's made like, for American Wayne. audiences, but the thing is, this franchise was built on the fact that we were more intelligent than the general audiences. This isn't Batman and Robin. This is the Dark Knight. And it feels like, for me, Chris Nolan's heart wasn't in it, right? Mm, like, he okay. didn't want to make this... He, the editing is sloppy as shit in this movie. There were scenes where I just kept going, wait, why did that happen? Like, literally, there were scenes where it's like, Bruce Wayne is sitting on the couch, cuts to Lucius, cuts back. He's standing right in front of him. I'm like, whoa, okay, now he's standing? Okay, like, like lots of weird continuity things that I don't notice in movies usually. Like, I'm an eagle-eyed viewer, but I let those things slide. But in this movie, you have so many things. Like, I know several times scenes, you would see... It would cut in a way where you could tell a line of dialogue was there, but then they cut it away to mm. something else. Or or the way that they would edit audio was weird. Like, you know, one of the things that took me out of the movie immediately, immediately, all three movies do this. Mm-hmm. Silence. You have the logos, logo, silence. Mm-hmm. And then slowly music will crawl in, right? In this movie, it's silence, 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 and then Gary Oldman. He was a hero. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck's happening here? Why, why are we? And then it cuts and you're seeing it's the eulogy. Mm. And usually in a movie, that would work, say. Like, like Quentin Tarantino does that with some of his where you just kind of plonk into noise. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, there's no background noises. It's just pure voice. And mm. it makes me go, hello, I'm Gary Oldman. I just had a cup of coffee before recording this line of dialogue. Mm. You're watching me. And I'm in a movie. Like, it makes me go, he's in a sound studio recording this. It makes me like, you know, like, it felt like I'm taken away immediately. But I'll let that slide. But then Bane shows up. Yeah, Bane. <laughs> and he's got a hood on. Mm. A plane door's open, blowing air. And he just sounds like, I'm Bane and I'm in a studio. Like, Tom Hardy's doing a voiceover performance for this. Mm, yeah. Like, like it never felt like, and you know why. It's because the test audience was like, I couldn't understand Bane. He was muffled. Mm. So they overcompensated. So it sounds like Tom Hardy's in the sound booth recording lines of dialogue. And it makes me go, oh, this is a movie now. We're not watching 
Like, we're, we're not in the illusion. This is a movie now. This is me not remembering. Was there ever any point where you got a sense of, like, where he was in a room? Or was it just always over the film, his voice? He over? was always like that. The yeah. closest you got was when he was at the football stadium and he just has a mic there on his mic. And you get a slight reverb of, mm. like, if you put two mics together. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's it. Like, he always sounds, like, perfectly crisp. Like, the audio... And then you notice all of this is too crisp. But then you notice it's not. It's like continuity errors. They're in the stock exchange. It's broad daylight. They go out there. It's dead of night. And they've set up in the movie that this is all taking place in 10 minutes because they're it stealing this money in 10 the minutes. Tunnel, the tunnel during that scene was where the day and night changed, I think. Yeah, but it's all taking place in 10 minutes because yeah, of the thing. So the why thing. is it now it's night? And then you go, okay, so... I could try and give it a pass for being too polished, but then it's also really sloppy. The, and you go, well, well, I can't. Like, I was going to say, like, although I didn't like this movie, I kind of hated it. I expected Walking going, it's a technically brilliant movie. Looks gorgeous, sounds gorgeous, edited, directed. But I, I can't say that, honestly. I can't. I, I looked at it and I saw sound and editing and, and scenes just being too short or too mm. long or scenes that didn't even need to be there. Sound-wise, there was one scene that jarred me. It was, um, I think it was them entering the room where Bane gets killed. Like, they're fighting outside and there's a lot of sound going on, big fight. As soon as the camera cuts to them just entering the building, all of the sound that's happening outside is just gone. And it's just them. And it's just jarring, because you know that there should be sound out there. Yeah, you should be able to hear it in the background, just more muffled. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I really want to... I really walked in thinking... I had some problems with this movie originally, but I liked it overall. And I walked in and I was really optimistic. It's like, I hey, just watched the other two movies. I haven't seen this since the time. I like it. And then I walked out and I'm like, this movie is sloppy as shit. It feels condescending. It feels like he didn't want to do it. It feels like, you know, uh, there's just technical incompetence and character stuff in the writing is terrible. Mm. Like, like every character sounds the same. And then they're just choices that they make. Like, like, I hate sometimes that the characters... Bartek, you know this. I'm going to say it. I hate when you f- when a movie is written by writers. Like, when you're right, watching it right. and you go, this is a writer's movie. This is like, hey, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's telling in his poetic dialogue about how he knows his Batman because the writers wanted to write a scene in which they could show off how they could write a scene in which someone who's written can tell Bruce that he's Batman, but you there going, why is he talking like this? Why is he so, like... It sounds like trailer dialogue. It Yeah. Like like that dialogue <laughs> that you have in trailers, where he's just like, I knew you were the bat, for I wore a mask, and I could see that you were wearing... And it's just like... Yeah, it was so- dude. Just say I know you. Like it just feels. It was like, so. Dude, it was so weird. It was so weird that I was sitting there like, wait, wait. He's saying he knows he's Batman, but he's saying it in such a weird way. <laughs> and it makes sense with only a few characters to speak like that. Like, like Bane. It makes sense for him to speak like that because he's always um grandstanding. Like he's always talking like. I'm a message. I'm an idea. Ah. And then you find out that's actually what he is. He isn't actually the brains. He's the voice mm. of the brains, right? That mm. makes sense. But then Alfred speaking like that. And what's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character name? Blake. Blake is speaking like that. And Gary Oldman speaking like that. Mm. And everyone's speaking the same. And you just go, what's the differentiation between these characters? The people in the fucking pit are speaking mm. like that. <laughs> 
that's okay. Now that's the worst aspect of this movie. Can we talk about that fucking pit? Yeah, you. Now hate I the know whole all about the like the idea of the Lazarus pit in mm-hmm. the comics and whatever. This isn't the fucking Lazarus pit, so mm-hmm. I don't want to hear the oh in the comics Lazarus pit. This is just a point in the movie where I describe it like this: the movie's going good. He gets his back broken. Cool. They're setting up the reason, like now you have my permission to die, all that kind of stuff, and it's like the director Nolan just put a gun to the movie's head and just shot it because it never recovers from Bruce being in his fucking pit in the ground because you don't meet any other characters in that pit that you actually care about or remember. Mm -hmm. There's nothing memorable going on. It's like in Iron Man when Tony gets taken to a cave. You meet an interesting character. You get an understanding of what Tony's world has made the rest of the world and then it makes sense and it's just a boring dirty little cave mm. this is just like some pit and it's all there just for thematic messaging mm. pure written characters as you were just saying yeah. rise 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 we get it the movie's called da- the dark knight rises we get it's all about rising out of the ashes you don't need bane to say ashes 50 million times and, and ryan in this fucking movie <laughs> when we when we mentioned you and i talked about the hole in the ground um the pit the pit like, in the I, mysterious pit country <laughs> you know okay, where, you beat me to it where is it you beat me to it yeah i thought it was in india or somewhere i don't know it's like middle Did, east didn't someone mention at the f- really early in the film something like west africa or something? they were like no. i don't no, know he was a mercenary from west africa yeah. uh, but uh which is weird because he's Irish. oh they were talking about ghoul, <laughs> R- <Razagul. Yeah>. ghoul. <laughs> what about you sam what do you think about this pit like this is i just i can never understand like i understand I think... it for pure thematic reasons but like tonally and pacing wise it just destroys this movie they got a tv down there <laughs> <laughs> with which fucking works um no i don't know how i feel about the pit i think obviously at the time i'm going uh it's they can't really have the lazarus pit because it's this, too supernatural and it's too supernatural and this is like the closest thing they could do like amalgamate bane's prison origin with i mean they literally the have concept. raz show up and be like i'm immortal remember yeah. and you're like wait so is this the pit and then it's like no i'm an illusion fuck yeah. off bye <laughs> So even you are not sure about this pit. No, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I definitely didn't have as strong feelings as the two of you have for it. No, but honestly, <laughs> the movie's doing well with this whole Bruce Wayne needs to learn the arrogance of his ways. But all he does is sit in this pit and cry until he realizes I just know I don't need rope. Like, that's all he really learns. Like, and they try to make it thematic. Like, you're a man who's wanting death and all this. But it's all, like, meaningless because it's all talk. Mm. No action. And they think the action is he jumped without rope. Mm. And when we were watching it the other night, my fiancé was like, oh, that's, oh, this is so dumb. Like, what? He doesn't need the rope. Don't you remember that? I'm like, no, I literally blocked it out because this is the most boring part of this movie. Like, I want to go back to Gotham. I want to see how Gotham's tearing itself apart, except for they don't want to show us that because, you know, they want to show empty streets with trucks driving through it. They want to show us scenes of... They want to show us scenes of people being dragged out of their houses, but they don't want to show us the true murderous carnage that Banes are claiming that they're going to do. But we never see it except for Exile, which is played for comedy, mainly, the whole death or exile. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like this movie kills itself with this pit. It's like... 
it feels like Chris Nolan and Jonathan Nolan, the writers, were like, and David S. Goyer, let's not forget, uh, was like, we got this thematic thing we want to put in, and what's the best way to do it? Oh, we've got to do the pit, we'll do a pit, and we'll make it... It just feels like, it doesn't feel like it's actually for the plot, it feels like it's for the writers. Mm. It feels like, this is the thematic heart of the movie, mm. but no one cares. Like, when you I go to that pit, uh, you don't go, yay, we're at the pit! I think it's... I. In, in sort of the spirit of, like, constructive criticism is, like, coming up with a good alternative. I think the thematic... Thematically, what they're trying to do with the pit is Batman has to be put into, like, a lowest point, which he then yeah. has to come out of. Mm. I think um, what could have been a more um, interesting equivalent is uh, it didn't have to be... You could have the, the prison that uh, that Bane grew up in. Yeah. Or uh, any kind of prison. You could, in fact, throw Batman into... Arkham. Uh, into Arkham. Or into, into Blackgate. Blackgate. And say, this is Batman. Have at him. Yeah. And him have to... Same sort of scenario. He still has to, like, escape. Or mm. even even in the same pit scenario, if he was in a situation where no one in there wanted to help him. Yeah. And he had to be the his own... Yeah, you know, escape that might have mm. been stronger. I think the interesting thing about the rope, oh, he needs to do it without the rope, is not only like there's no logical explanation of why doing it with the rope would make it harder. Oh, it's because um, it doesn't extend long enough for you to actually reach it. Oh, really? That's the reason. That's why it, it snaps you back. Like, there's it's not long enough for you to actually do it. Oh, oh so, it, so it is a physical limitation. So it no, can't it, it, it be is done with the rope. It's it, you. That's why she could do it because oh. she didn't do it without the rope. It wasn't, but the movie tricks you by making you guys think it's a mental thing. It's a mental yeah. thing, yeah. but realistically, it's because the rope is too short. So that's not clear. It's a, there's a clear mathematical well, reason see, why. It's I, see, I, I picked up on that immediately. I was like, oh, okay, like because you see it, and I'm like, but the movie is using that flowery writer's dialogue. But it doesn't yeah. look like the rope stops him from getting there. It looks like he doesn't get there and he falls and the rope catches him. I don't think there's no, a No, I think there's a little like bit it. of a... I think I remember the first jump being looking a little bit too pitiful. So maybe yeah. Maybe it was the rope holding him But back. he just had his spine punched in, which made you feel good, right, Bartek? For someone who has a spinal <laughs> issue right now, if I punched your spine into place, will it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the point I think I was like trying to make as well is that that's more of a... The whole, you don't need a rope, you need to jump without the rope. And you need to learn to jump without yeah. your safety net, if you will. Yeah. doesn't feel like it's a Bruce uh, arc. It feels like that's a, a Dick Grayson thing. Yeah, Because he has a lot of quotes about... Um, you'll never fly if you're not willing to fall and like those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, I know that they're trying to tie it in. I just don't know. I think the pit doesn't work because you don't meet anything there that makes it interesting. Like the other characters there, I don't know their names. I know one's a doctor and I thought he was blind. Is he? The doctor guy? He just looks like he's got glazed over eyes. He's always looking in one direction. And I was like, is he blind or what? I don't know. They're like, we punished him for what he did to Bane. And I'm like, is he blind? I don't know. And we'll <laughs> never know because we never got to know that character. Yeah, the did. pit exists so that way we could give a, a reveal that, oh, Talia was in the pit. Yeah. And you're like, Ooh. I think it would have been cooler if Batman was fine. Like he didn't have a broken back and he's put in the pit. But they need to because it's in the comics and it's Bane's iconic. Oh yeah. Yeah. If he didn't have a broken back, he wouldn't have needed help. Exactly. But I I don't know. I just feel like the pit is the pits of this movie. Thank you. I just said it. Yep. I was holding on to that the whole time. It's Mm. the pits. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of things that they just didn't do right. Like every character is stunted in this movie. Like, oh, oh, they're picking up, picking up. Oh, now now Gordon's in the hospital for the 
pretty much the most of the movie doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, we'll give Blake a chance. Picking up, picking up, picking up. He doesn't really do much. Mm. He gets his ass handed to him every time, and yet Bruce is still like, you're the guy. Like, I don't understand why he's the guy. Mm. It makes more sense if Gordon's the guy, if anything. Like, like I know it wouldn't make sense either. Gordon but... also becomes Batman in some of the... So why not Gordon? Stuff, like, you yeah. know, like, uh, you're the guy, Blake. Because you are an orphan. The orphans on the bus need to be told that they're going to fucking die from the breeze. This movie is hilariously dumb at points, though. Like, I love... There's this editing scene. I don't know if you saw this. Like, if you notice this. Batman meets Miranda... Bruce Wayne comes back. He meets Miranda Tate and Catwoman? And they are, like, in the homeless shelter or wherever they are. And he's like, yeah, I'm back or whatever. And then they go out and they kick some ass and then they're like okay let's separate we're gonna go here 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 and then literally the next scene is batman helping gordon on the ice and he literally says to gordon do you know where miranda tate is i need to see her literally you just came from seeing her like in context of how we just saw mm. the scenes compiled you just saw her what what do you need to see her about and we don't find out why he needs to see her we don't. Mm. We just go... And this shit like that, like, why is it edited that way? Why is it edited where it's like, I just saw Miranda, and now he's like, where's Miranda? You you should know. You you just saw her. You just told her where to go. Go there. Mm. But instead, you need to help Gordon on the ice and light up the bridge and be like, ooh, moody. Miranda and, is... and Bane's like, it could not be. I'm shocked. Like, Bane seems really shocked. Like, too shocked? I think it's fair to be shocked. Like, (laughs) this is like, it took, he, it like, I would not expect a man with a broken back to climb out of a pit and somehow make his way across. No, I'll give it that. I just think it was, I I laughed. I laughed. Bane was very shocked when he saw that fiery bat symbol that was definitely made by Batman. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. I just feel like I have a lot of things to say negatively, but Bartik and I were talking last night. Now, my DVD copy of this movie... Oh, I was going to transition with this. <laughs> ...kept the same aspect ratio. I just have a DVD. I didn't I didn't buy a Blu-ray. I didn't... I saw it in the theatre, though. Mm-hmm. And my, I had a false... I thought I had a false memory of the aspect ratio changing a lot. But then I watched it last, not last night, and it stayed the consistency. But then Bartek... <laughs> yeah, I, I was basically asking Ryan, like, hey, um, about this aspect ratio thing, because it kept changing when I was watching the film. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not normally one to notice that, but it jarred me so much throughout the film. I had to. W- w- this happens when we do the mystery box sometimes. Like, yeah. Ryan will notice something weird. It's like, oh, shit editing or whatever. And I'd be like, wait, something happened just there, but I don't know what. And Ryan would either have to explain it or we have to rewind so I can see it. I kept having to rewind this one to see what happened, but it was just the aspect ratio suddenly changing. Mm. And there was one point where it changed for literally one shot, then it changed back, and it was like, okay, did we need to change it just for someone entering a building? Why did he do that? I, <laughs> like, I, like, I understand when Michael Bay does it, oddly enough. He does it a lot, but it actually makes sense because he has to... Uh, adapt for the uh, CGI he's got on screen. Like yeah. he's actually, even though it's sloppy, it still makes sense. But why did Nolan do it? I don't. I don't think there is a good, a good reason <laughs> to change as- aspect ratio at all, even to accommodate. Yeah, like CGI. the like. Here's the thing. I don't want to slag too much. Uh, like I, I want to slag on that a bit because it goes with the editing and the audio mixing and the writing, and it makes you go. So technically, other than this movie being lit, and you even complain and, about some of the lighting and, and being well in acted, focus. Yeah. No, no, technical. Like yeah, that's performance, but just pure technical on the direction side of like the cameras in focus, acting comes lit. Under, I know, but we already said the acting great. Yeah. 
other than the acting being good and it being lit at the right times and in the camera in focus, is there any technical aspect of this that's actually brilliant? Yeah, we did say the sound the, editing is... The music is overbearing at times. Like, yeah. literally, Alfred's crying and you're hearing this Han... Is it Han Zimmer who does this? It, uh, I believe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hans his music is like... Dun, 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 and, like, Alfred's crying. Or I noticed when they took music out to be more dramatic, they're like, and for the Bane fight, no music here. We're just gonna have bare knuckle noises to mm. really highlight that he's hitting the fucking mask. And I'm like, oh, so is there any technical aspect of this, like, really? Once you start thinking about it, other than it looks nice mm. visually? Because I'm legitimately shocked. Like, I walked into the singing, Christopher Nolan's, like, a brilliant technical director. Like, you may have criticisms about his characters or emotional heart, but you can't walk away not going, the technical aspects of this movie were brilliant. Like Kubrick, you know? Like, he often gets compared to Kubrick, but, like... This movie technically, I thought, was incompetent for in, a large majority of. In the flashback with him as a child, Gordon giving the coat, they filtered the image. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. It, yeah, it, I love you because it, I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they filtered it so that they could show you that it's old. Mm. Um, now, Sam, you're a huge Robin fan. Yeah. You got one tattooed on your leg. Mm-hmm. That's how I first met you. I walked into a university room and I saw just a leg, like this leg with a tattoo of a Robin upside down. Yeah. And I was like, I need to talk to this guy. So you you loved Robin in this, right? Big um, fan. I actually loved him. I enjoyed him, and here's here's why. Like, this is something that no one would enjoy mm? if they were not already a fan of. Uh, the Robin in the capacity that I am. I know a lot of diehard Robin fans would be like, that was shit. Where's where's Robin? We want a yeah, real yeah. Robin. But um, essentially his character is an amalgamation of the three main Robins. Yeah. You and tell I, that by the name even. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I know it's sort of like ham-fisted, but I enjoyed seeing aspects of each of those characters. I have otherwise not had a big, big thing accurate live-action interpretation of. I mean... I mean, the Robin in the 60s one was accurate to the one from the 60s. Oh, yeah, the comic but, at the time. Yeah, sure. But that's changed. But I also don't like the 60s Batman. So That's unfortunate. It's, it's, like it's brilliant. It, it doesn't um, doesn't click with me anyway. So it is, regardless it of is the pretty accuracy brilliant. of Burt Ward as, as Robin, it doesn't do anything. Then a nice little homage to Burt Ward in this. The football player that survived yeah. had Ward written on him. I was like, oh. It would have been better if you got Adam West as the mayor, but whatever. <laughs> it, oh, can I just say one thing about the mayor? It really... If you've watched The Tick with Patrick Warburton... No, I have to interrupt you. You could not have had Adam West as the mayor in this. Why not? No fucking person on earth would take this movie seriously <laughs> if Adam West was the mayor in The I Dark know. Knight Rises. No, no, you could Not even with his... No, you could not There's absolutely no way that I know because happened. he's the mayor and family guy, but here's the thing. Not even that, just because hold, he's Adam West. Hold on a second. All right, you just admitted you didn't like the 60s show. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the 60s show. I love... He, he's my favorite Batman, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not including the animated stuff, just the live action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the best one. Mm-hmm. And Adam West was a brilliant actor. He was offered James Bond. Mm-hmm. He refused it because he didn't think an American should play it. And then yeah. they gave it to an Australian anyway. So <laughs> he was a brilliant actor, yeah. but he got typecast and put in a box... In a time in which if you played superheroes, you the Batman curse, yeah, if, for sure. you, you were locked in there. But he was a great comedic and dramatic actor. 
And Christopher Nolan isn't afraid of putting people into his movies that were unconventional choices. Michael Caine isn't someone that you would go would be Alfred. Most people, sometimes me even, goes, that's not Alfred. Michael Goff is Alfred, or, or Alan Napier is Alfred. But like, or Jeremy Irons, uh, like, you know, that kind of thing. But, but I feel like, yeah, it's Adam West, and, you know, he has a persona, and he made a career in the end of his life, luckily, of getting resurgence in people's lives, being himself or being a version of himself. But he suffered for being Batman. He was a up-and-coming actor, and he took a show that reinvigorated Batman. If it wasn't for the 60s show, Batman probably oh, still wouldn't sure. be alive or existing yeah. in the way it is. So I legitimately mean it is a little bummer that you didn't get an Adam West in any of these movies, even in a small role. And I don't think you can just be like taken out because, oh, it's Adam West. Oh, I won't take it seriously because he was a I'm, dynamic I'm actor. Not, and Christopher Nolan I'm not is always going against the grain of choosing people that you wouldn't usually choose it's as n- these it's roles. It's not a fault of Adam West that it couldn't be taken seriously. I, yeah. I didn't mean to. I, I didn't mean yeah. at, at because of Adam. It's like. Unfortunately, because of the audience's understanding of Adam West and who he has, he was at the time this yeah. film was made, they wouldn't have been able to take him seriously, especially specifically as the mayor. A smaller cameo. Yeah, could have oh, I just use that as an example movie. because it's a power, powerful position, and oh, it would have yeah, been nice sure. to see him in a powerful position instead of like homeless men. But what I'm saying is like, yeah, Adam West. But that's the thing. We think that, but then Adam West, for a whole generation of people watching the animated Batman series, touched their hearts with the the, the gray ghost as the gray ghost, something. right? And and that's a and that's kind of thing like oh for sure he like could I have said, been in this movie a, as as a fault. no and <laughs> I just made that off it's the cuff. The, it's what the, the funny, perception you're here's saying, the yeah. funnier thing: the actual mayor who does play the the actual guy who does play the, the mayor, mayor eyeliner. he yes <laughs> that's actually what he looks like though, uh, but uh. He plays a character in the Patrick Warburton live-action version of The Tick called Batman Well. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I see him in The Dark Knight and in this, I'm like, hey, it's Batman Well yeah. in a Batman movie. And I bet you Christopher Nolan knew that. Like, you know, he's like, I'm going to get Batman Well. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I think that this movie, like, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff. Why I brought up the Robin is that's the most divisive thing, right? Oh, for sure. Here's my big problem with the Robin thing. I like him as a character. I was oblivious to his amalgamation to all these different Robins because I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with most of Same, them. Yeah. But here's my big problem is at the end, they're like, your real name is Robin because you, the audience, are dumb and need to be told he's a Robin. Mm. We couldn't just pick that up by our own volition. Yeah, that was another unnecessary And addition. it weakens his character. And I've said, like, and I don't know comics, has that character been picked up in the comics? No. And he won't, because you literally name him Robin at the end. Yeah. And it ruins him. So he can't be he can't be Robin in the same capacity, in the same way, if that's his real that's name. That's his real name. Like, but no, they instantly I, I cripple the ability to make this character, he's an interesting character that could be transformed into something in the comics. Like in the new Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, I won't reveal too much, but there's a certain interpretation of a character that yeah. isn't in the comics or that I'm aware of that will surely be picked up and made into something awesome. Mm-hmm. And they could have done that with him, but they instantly cripple it. By being like, hey, audience, you're fucking dumb. He's Robin. You get it? And there he is going I, on the little thing. Guess what? He's rising. But I End. still <laughs> I still enjoyed that they had, regardless of whether it was Robin, 
yeah. that they had a character that serves the purpose that Robin does for Batman. I appreciate that. I thought yeah. they did it really good. I just think they did him dirty at oh, the end. I think, but that's a they problem. Dogged him at the they end. dog everyone in the end. Yeah. The only one they don't dog is Alfred, and even that we were like, they need to cut. Oh, yeah, and like like everyone gets dogged. Bane gets dogged in the end. Talia gets dogged in the end. Like or dogged at all because her character is weak as shit yeah. in this movie. Like I, I made fun of Mary Goldman. She's a great actress. I'm not saying that she couldn't play it. Just make her a character that isn't like the I'm hiding what I really am character. Because that's kind of what everyone's doing in this. It's like I, we're hiding from the audience so that we got that gotcha moment. Mm. And since it's the final movie, the gotcha reveal is even more hollow. Because you know it's not going to follow up to anything. It's going to have no significance It's going to have... And I just was curious, because you're a big Robin fan, and mm. I was just like, hmm, curious. I'd be one of Would the... you want to see that character adapted into the comics and a new form of a Robin? Um, well, there's, there's so many Robins now that yeah. I'd probably feel no. I Like, even if they'd done it, like, at the time straight afterwards, yeah. like they've done with other characters, I probably would have been like... I don't think it could have worked because he's also an amalgamation of those other characters. If he was a... From the scratch, like nothing about him is the same as any of the other Robins, then possibly. But because he's essentially just a mix of those three main characters, he's probably not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think the movie is just like, you're dum-dums. Like, Bane, go out like a chump. Catwoman and Batman get together, and it's obvious that they get together. That's my big problem is, although I like their chemistry... I didn't understand why they liked each other fully. Mm. Like, like when he gets fucking his back un- broken because of her, and then he's he just likes, like, I understand hey, why he likes her because see, no matter what she does to you, that's Anne Hathaway. No, <laughs> yeah, but I get that. I understood that. But like, let's be honest. Like, I literally didn't understand why he went back to her, other than he, she is Catwoman and he is Batman, and they do this in the comics and in the she shows. She did the right thing in the end. No, but. When he got his back broken uh-huh. and he comes back to Gotham, he goes immediately to her. Yeah. Why? Because she's the only one that can... Yeah, but but he doesn't know that she's not an evil person still. No, other doesn't. than the movie he must doesn't. have her not be for him so that the movie can continue on. He, but... doesn't, he doesn't know that she won't go straight to Bane. That's, yeah. that's valid. But like, I, so it makes me go, but they play it like, oh, he loves her. Like, like he's like, he's all smiley and he's all like, Hey, I feel like, like it's more that he, he hoped, like I he think... hoped that he could go to her and it was going to turn out right. It was a huge, like, it's a leap. It's a massive gamble if that's. <laughs> yeah. He and he did that the first time and it cost him his back oh, and the sure. pacing of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm misremembering, but didn't he have a line of dialogue when he saw her after coming back to the city? saying that he understood why she did it and, like, it was, it was fear or something like that and he, he yeah. understands that she would go ba- against Bane. Batman, it's actually very, like, common that, like, when the average person does a crime, mm. Batman yeah. can and does sympathise with their reasons for Yeah, and I've seen I that. I read it's that brilliant. apparently with Christopher Nolan, he had, like, a word that's, like, the main theme of each of these films in the trilogy, and this one was fear, so... Not Rises? (laughs) (laughs) Says a lot. Not Ashes? Are you sure? I thought fear would have been... Well, Rise Above Your Fears, I guess. Um, Is there anything else you want to mention about this movie? Um, Ryan, we've talked about a lot of characters, but you haven't talked about the one that you wrote a fan fiction (laughs) of. (laughs) Okay, we're going to talk about Fredericks. (laughs) So, 
There's this one character in the movie that when I saw in the cinema, I giggled very much and I giggled throughout. There's a scene in which Bane needs some executives or needs people from Wayne Enterprises to activate the bomb, basically. And there's this elderly man who's played by Christopher Nolan's uncle. I think he's John Nolan. And um, he clicks his pen just like like he's lifted up from a piece of paper like he was doing work mm -hmm. while these terrorists have been here the entire time. Mm -hmm. Love it. He's in The Batman Begins as well, by the way. Uh, he's like, the apple has fallen very far from the tree, Mr. Wayne. Like, he's all arrogant, but also cool. Um, he clicks his pen, puts it in his jacket pocket to volunteer to be the executive that goes. And the way he does it, or the way it's edited, <laughs> and the fact that he's writing when these terrorists... Are literally there. They let him keep working. It's there basically. <laughs> I, I've always imagined from day one. It's in my brain. Went like this. Did he think he was volunteering for something else? Because then he gets the gun pointed casual. at him, and he was like, "Whoa, mm. a gun!" Like, <laughs> like, and I go, "Did he think he was volunteering to get the Chinese food?" He was like, "All right, I gotta go to Madame Ling's get the Szechuan chicken." And I said all this stuff after I saw the movie. And Connor and I and Rachel, we built up this legendary character that would exist on and become the mayor of Gotham. And run around thinking that he's trying to get Szechuan chicken and accidentally becomes the new white knight of Gotham. Like, he drops some menus and a, and a bank robber falls over them. And then the press take photos. And he's like, he's the hero we need right now. And all that kind of stuff. And I just find him amusing. And one of our friends made a co had a costume party. And I hated the party's idea of dress up as just a character you like. I'm like, no, I like you to be more specific. So I am purposely dressed up as this fucking guy and annoyed everyone at that party because I had to intensely explain what I was. Didn't you? And like then I handed out pictures of myself, <laughs> and posters of myself running for mayor. Mm. And I also annoyed Sam because I had a Green Lantern ring on and I refused to explain why until the very end of the night in which I'm like, oh, well, my mythos, he's such a good guy that the, the Green Lantern call when I sign up him. And I'm like, yay. And I remember you were like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. You got to have it like this. I'm like, well, you know, for Fredericks, things don't work the same. Mm, fuck, that, Ryan, you're such a big guy. <laughs> and it became a big thing of, at first it was get coffee. But then it became get, ch uh, get Chinese, and then it became get Szechuan chicken. And I wrote a comic book for our friend whose birthday party it was. And I made him like a, I don't know, a few pages of this comic called The Szechuan Case, Gotham's Next White Knight. The Szechuan Case in which he's looking for Szechuan chicken. And he's going around to all the different villains, asking them where the chicken is. And then the Joker had the chicken all along, but it's actually in his office the entire time. He just didn't look properly. And like the last line is, for once the Joker told the truth. And I'm like... <laughs> Give him this potent importance that he doesn't have, and he's just like, and now I may rest. Like, and he's eating this just one chicken. And how's the writing in the comic? Uh, better than this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say there was one genuine laugh I had in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Scarecrow was good. Yeah. I've always felt they, that I wanted more Scarecrow in these movies. When I was reading the trivia, it's like, Jonathan Crane was really good. I'm like, who? who where was he? He was the judge. <laughs> he was the judge, yeah. I yeah, you wouldn't out. know that. I wouldn't have known. Yeah, I had to yeah. look it up. It I also was, doesn't make... I mean, I know... It, like, Liam Neeson was there, but where was he? He's in every film. He's, he's in every he's film being less interesting as they go. As they, uh, uh, he's, no, his Dark Knight Rises one is better than his Dark Knight came out. No, uh, it's, it's because it's funny. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. But they're still each But his character's also given more importance. Yeah, like but it's in the for big the sake of, of things he doesn't really have importance. It's, it's sake a... for a joke. I, my thing is, I know, like, 
he's a he used to be a psychologist that used to go to the courts all the time. Yeah, mm. but I just don't believe that this guy who's all like, I want to do fear gas and run around the city terrorizing people will be like, I want to sit here and play judge every day. Like I was like, oh, I want to see scenes of him running around fear gassing people, but instead we were like, eh, it's a joke, and that's fine. He's not the thrust of the movies. He's a little Easter egg for those who have seen the yeah. movies. And for mm. Bartek, he's there as some guy, and he has a funny line about like death by exile. He looked interesting, so I remembered him, and I was like, oh, that was a villain from first film. Or you know, and 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 uh, stuff like that. Anything else of reference we want to mention? Anything? About the Dark Knight Rises, he he rose, mm. and he fell. I mean, uh. it is interesting that this has parallels to the Batman movie from 1960s, in which Batman, it's a hard day to get rid of a bomb. Mm. Um, that's the thing, like, this movie's so goofy. Some days you just can't get rid yeah, of a bomb. Yeah, some days it's, got, yeah, it's, like, it's so goofy. Like, this movie's like, not the orphans, <laughs> not the bomb. Like, it's like... The the first pose <laughs> that Aidan Gillen makes is pretty good. Yeah? You want to discuss that? <laughs> The CIA. I, I love that you know the actor's name as well. Like I had to look it up. But, <laughs> but I love that you walked in. Somebody's not watched Game of Thrones, which he's primarily known for mm. at this point. I used to know him for... um, uh, I can't remember the show's name. Off the side. The Queer as Folk. Mm. I remembered him in that. And then in Game of Thrones, he's like, I'm bad guy. I'm like, no, you're not. You're just a gentle gay man. Mm. No, I didn't know the actor's name until yesterday. Um, Yeah. Well, you, you liked his pose of being the CIA. <laughs> Can we talk about the what is this whole thing about Bane posting? Like I can't try to read it. I just don't understand why that specific scene is the one that was held up as this meme thing when there's so many other hilariously weird moments. For me, it, it's a weird thing of I've years and years ago. I I can't even remember what page this was. I liked a page on Facebook that was posting about something random. It was probably like an anime page or something. And then I forgot about the page. And then many years later, some admin on that page just started randomly posting things about this cia character who's in one scene who's in one scene and like all these memes he was the fredericks for the and, internet and, and quoting <laughs> and quoting him constantly i'm like who is this guy and then i realized oh wait he was in that film i saw dark knight rises and apparently there's just a huge fandom about this character building him up to be this like chuck norris level guy um and his awkward dialogue and poses and acting and slurring of his lines and here's the thing he's a brilliant actor like not just in game of thrones but in general so it makes me wonder what happened here because there's some actors who are genuinely brilliant and they're turning in weird performances I guess... and you're like what I guess this was the internet's uh, version of like the writing in this film, like that you're having. Because <laughs> mm. the whole thing is, is like, will it hurt if I pull it off? Yes, it'll be extremely painful. If I you're a big guy. You're a for big... you. He's <laughs> just randomly interjecting. You're a big guy, and then there's a whole debate about <laughs> like, is is it gonna is the for you related to it's gonna be painful or is it the you're a big guy thing? So are they like <laughs> into each other? <laughs> I'm a big guy. People for you. are misinterpreting. <laughs> That the for you is like you're a big guy. Yes, in comparison to you, little man. No, no, for you. Yeah, like, a big guy. For you. Oh, it's like, hey, Ryan, I'm for a big you. guy for you. For you, I'm a big guy, but I'm five I nine on a by, sunny like, day. By comparison, well, the five nine on a sunny day is how I refer to myself as well. Five nine on a warm day. There was a, there was a post I saw someone saying that like the reason why he had he, you know the gun thing where yeah. you're gonna push him out of the plane. The reason why he did that was because he would survive a fall, and he just thinks that's what everyone could do. <laughs> so he right. makes sure to kill them before throwing them out. Yeah. And they're saying, like, oh, there was one survivor on the plane. It was CIA. <laughs> yeah. And that's another 
other thing, since he doesn't, in- he introduces himself as I'm CIA. They call him CIA. <laughs> That's yeah. his name. Yes, man. This movie's full of golden gem moments. I watched an interview with Marion Coltiard, and she was like nearly weeping at the fact that they kept that taken of her dying. <laughs> <laughs> she was like. I don't know why he did me like he, she actually said, I don't know why he did me like that. And I'm like, oh Marion, I don't know either. You're a great actress, but they did you dirty there. Like uh, like death, like Ugh. Yeah, it was it's awkward. So embarrassing. She she closed her eyes, obviously, you know, dying. She bobbed her head in the direction it wasn't gonna fall in. It bounced into the direction it was gonna <laughs> fall in. So it was like it was so artificial, and I can see what she means by like, oh, why did you keep that take in? There's like where 50, I bounce in the wrong fifty dr- takes, and yet you kept that in. I don't know. Christopher Nolan looks like a Bond villain. Maybe he is in real life. I don't know. Maybe he was like, I shall burn them all. I'm the one who rises to the top. Interstellar's my next movie. Um, all right. Um, I think that's pretty much it about the Dark Knight Rises. I think we rose to the challenge of talking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm le- like I know you're a big Ben Mendelsohn fan. Is there anything you want to say about him? He was great. I was bummed that he wasn't in it more or had really any importance. It was just kind of like, oh, neat. He's an actor who's now very prevalent in movies. And this was the stepping stone movie, honestly, for him. Like, this oh, is yeah. a big movie. And I appreciate it for that regard. But he doesn't do anything of real importance. He's a slimy little prick. But at the same time, he kind of is just this guy who appears out of nowhere for this movie. We've never seen him before. Yeah. Never heard about him before. And it feels like in the movie, we should. I, I and I was I like, really, who is this guy? They I, mentioned his name a lot. Is I he really on the like board? Him. No. Because uh, he's there on the I board think, and I he's think, acting like, yeah, I've, uh, I've got you out of the board. But then it felt like he was his own company. I think in a plot summary I read, they said that like he, he and the Wayne Foundation were merging yeah, or something. Yeah, there was a merger happening. Right. And So, in, in <laughs> again, I read that in the, the summary. The other, the other thing film. is like, I don't mind not knowing... Yeah, more about him because like the idea of like but he plays there's such just a... so many of these slimy business characters yeah. in in DC and Gotham specifically. Like, yeah, there's so many characters you could have that fill that same. I role. mean, Rut- he, could, he could be Simon Stagg he, for all you, we Ru- know. I mean, Rutger Hauer filled the role in the first one as yeah. the thing. But um, I think my big thing is when I say that is. It seems like he matters intensely to the plot, and when they kill him off, it seems like that big crescendo moment. But it's like, oh, okay, he's gone. We we didn't know him. He I, was Ben Mendelsohn, so weird. you assume you should know. I guess he was no. a face of the whole fuck the rich plot of the film. But he wanted also, to be. Yeah. I also just feel like we just understood that he was a stepping stone. Yeah. That he was never meant to be more than that uh, yeah. stepping stone for Bane to yeah. get something he that's needed. What, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't care too much. Like, I was just like, he was there. It was a stepping stone for Ben Mendelsohn's mm. career. Like, it would have been neat to see him do more because he is such a great actor. But, you know, mm. it's not the priorities of the movie. But I do love seeing him there. And I always forget he's in this. Mm. Uh, he does a really good American accent in this as well. Usually when he does an American accent, his, his lisp comes in. that He has like an actual speech impediment. But in this, it didn't come in. So, I don't know. Maybe just favoring he's, of editing and stuff. He You'd probably get... L- in blood, is it bloodlines? Bloodlines. He's, His lisp is less pronounced in that when he does his American accent. Uh, but I it's think it's only a it's really pronounced. It's a little pronounced when he gets nervous, and that kind of adds to the weakness of that character. But either way, we could do a whole He's Ben Mendelsohn podcast. Yeah. Season one, Bloodline. Watch it. Just ignore the other two seasons and do not just ignore the last the thirty third. seconds. I didn't bother with the third because the second one was just not. Uh, as good, spoiler but... alert for Bloodline. It just ends with a cut to black. Mm, Sopranos. So, <laughs> Yeah, but Sopranos earned it. So, 
Um, we the majority roast you. of the Sopranos audience doesn't feel that way. No, but it you know, but it earns it way more than Bloodline. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, we rose to the challenge. I the think white guys rose. We rose all the way to the top. Mm. We'll rise to putting a nice promo for another podcast in because after all we want to expand out we want to get you know make a you know get in contact with some people kind of let you the listening people kind of flourish and get some podcast recommendations from us and here are some others if you're a podcast yourself and you want to get in contact with us about maybe coming on or doing a promo or just get in contact we're uh, Spit and Polished Presents. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We've got an email, spitandpolished at gmail.com. Of course, you, the listening people, can email email us or contact us about movies you would like us to cover or things that you have to say about what we said about movies or or death threats. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm dead until I record, so it, your threat will not work go, unless I read it on air. It'll go un, un, unheard. <laughs> no, no, Bartek will be screaming in fear about <laughs> yeah. it. Like, ah! No, whilst I'm in, whilst paid, he's in pain, I've been paid and afraid. If you if you follow if you follow the Facebook one, what I really like the questions you guys are asking lately about what are the best films by certain directors and just the, or actors, and yeah, stuff, yeah, just getting on there and, and and chiming in with something and then seeing what other people say. Yeah, it's we just talked about the Coens. Yeah, um, the Coen brothers. Yeah, well, I we it was it last night. I yeah, chimed in with recently. what my favorite Coen brothers films were and yeah. Do you have anything to plug? You're uh, Mr. Comics? Yeah, Mr. Comics. I mean... Um, you got a comic? I've got... I'm a bit... Uh, I'm a bit into comic books. I don't know if you got that from the rest of the podcast. Um, yeah, I've got a comic book um, out on uh, Comixology, if you like reading them online. Otherwise, you can follow uh, us on Facebook at Immortal Comics. We're also on Instagram, immortal.comics. Yeah. And I just got Twitter, but I haven't put anything on well, it. Well, you'll have to follow us. Yeah, Comics Immortal on Twitter. Well, I'll make sure to put all that information in a, to our description yeah. and on our social medias. Um, let's play the promo. Hey guys, my name is Sammy P and I have a great new podcast all about the weird world of online confessions. Each week I read four of these odd confessions to great guests, which has so far included Sam Neill, Judith Lucy, Stephen Curry, Sarah Snook, Wendy Harmer, Tony Martin and many many more. The podcast is called Confessions of the Idiots and it's part of the Nearly Podcasting Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sure you could even request one at a party. Just walk up to the DJ, request Confessions of the Idiots and see all of your friends try and dance to a podcast. Anyway, I can't take up any more of your time because you have at least 42 of these to catch up on. There you go, guys. Enjoy. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Confessions of the Idiots with Sam Peterson. Oh, wow. What a great promo. Loved it. It was my favorite promo so far. I love pod- <laughs> putting the podcast name. <laughs> is, I love blank. I Don't them. you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. <laughs> I'll record all the names that I can think of and just edit. Now, to be serious for a second, Bartek is choosing the next episode's movie. Now, the first movie he chose was Cannibal the Musical by the guys who did South Park. Mm -hmm. I then followed up with Masterclass Filmmaking from the Coens and then listening people like, hey, do auto director Nolan. Mm -hmm. What's Bartek going to hit us with? Ryan, there's (laughs) been a pattern with these three films that we've done. And with this fourth film, the one that I'm picking... I wanted to break that pattern. Yes. And the pattern... It's going to be in black and white. (laughs) No, no, no. The pattern is very simple. 
Ryan, you've seen all three of these films. Ah. ah. And I felt like, you know... It... So it's going to be a film that Ryan has felt, but not used his eyes. <laughs> I've tasted it. He's tasted it. It's <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I wanted to pick a film that I think Ryan hasn't seen, because ah. I've mentioned this one I can't a wait to times. shatter him. Go on. I've mentioned it a few times, and I think you haven't seen it. And, you know... I picked I picked this film before I heard that we were doing the Dark Knight Rises, and I thought like, oh, funny, we're picking something related to Heath Ledger. Okay. The film that I, and it's an Australian film, even. Okay. The film that I've picked is Two Hands. Two Hands, yes, I've not seen this movie before, but I've been criticised for not seeing it, so I will no longer be. I will have seen it by the next episode, hopefully. Okay, good. The, My biggest fear was that you've seen it in the time the, since I last mentioned it. The only thing more satisfying than having successfully picked a film that Ryan hasn't seen. Mm. Is if you manage to pick a film that he said he has seen but hasn't seen. Like oh, I thought you were going to say one that I like hate. Exposing him as having fraudulently <laughs> yeah. seen it. I don't think I've done that, honestly. I don't think you would be bothered by picking a f- someone picking a film that you hate. You would still happily discuss and destroy the well, film. Well, that's the point, yeah. yeah. Mm, you say that. <laughs> What's a film uh, you would hate to discuss on no, this podcast? No, no. that'll I, be I'm... the only thing I come back for. <laughs> I will only come back for things that are uh, Hydrosphere? Hate. Well, that's the one that yeah. Sam recommended. Did you watch it? No, but we want you oh on it. Oh my god, it's, it's on our so list because you recommended it. I want it's you to come so on it. Bad. We're going to come on, right? It's got more than one name. You got Malcolm McDowell. Oh. Is it it? We got to have you on it, right? What was it called? I, it's like Ninety Nine Leagues in the High Chest Field or something. It's, weird. it's its other name is definitely sounds more. It's like a four-digit number and then like three words. or yeah, something. Yeah. It's well, terrible. we're not doing that. We are What's doing. What's on the list? They're so. doing that eventually, Sam. You got to come back on for that though. If you, oh, well, no, his, I don't his know caveat was <laughs> his caveat so was bad. something that you hate, right? Not well, you would, yeah. Obviously, you would love already, to have me. Have, on I, for, have I, I foreshadowed Star Trek Into Darkness lately? I don't know. Um, that is the movie I hate the most, by the way, or at least episode preferably. five, Star Trek Into Darkness. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. That's it. Make sure, in the meantime, to actually watch Two Hands, the Heath Ledger movie. Do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> so that way you're all informed as we talk about it next episode. Like I said, we're on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us there, Spit and Polish Presents. You'll find us on all the podcast platforming sites available. Reviews, ratings, all appreciated. But I think to end this episode, we all need to do our Bane impressions. Mm-hmm. Now, do we get have a line of line get up, oh. get up. Here's what you do. You get up the dialogue on IMDb, and we'll take a line that's not Bane's, and we'll each do. Well, you grab your phone, because I turned mine, my thing <laughs> off, and it takes ages to turn on. Um, yes. Yes. I you failed think... you, Master Wayne. <laughs> yes. You think you merely ordered the Szechuan chicken. <laughs> but I made it. I volunteered to get the Szechuan chicken. I made it. Bought the ingredients. Oh, I did. say, can you see? <laughs> By the dawn's early It's hard night. not to use Bane lines for Bane, though. Like, no, that's like... something he complimented. What a lovely voice. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. You're a big guy. <laughs> I said that already. Oh, fuck. I was yeah, a bigger touch on him because he's saying Szechuan chicken, which is really hard to say in a bane voice. You do it. Where are the quotes? Say what? Szechuan chicken. Szechuan chicken. It's a bit difficult. I, I thought it was right. I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with the Szechuan. I think you need the... Uh, I already referenced the Catwoman <laughs> line where she's this like, there's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne, and mm-hmm. you'll have to batten down the hatches, and when it hits... 
You'll wonder, what was it? You'll wonder why, how you survive. <laughs> yeah, there was another editing choice I just remembered I didn't like in the film. Yeah? It was when, it, during that action sequence I liked, um, when, <laughs> when Blake and that other cop were in the car together, and um, the cop said something along the lines of, oh, I'm gonna get him. <laughs> and then it cut to, like, more action. Then it cut back to Blake, and Blake gave, like, a punchline to that line. It was like, <laughs> Batman or the, or the robbers? It was like, yeah, why, why'd that. you cut away from that? Mm. I like your real name. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you should use your real name. Robin. Robin. I failed your master, Wayne. I said that one. There was a, there was I know, one. I want to I know, say you, 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 you got to have, yeah. I've buried enough Waynes. That's actually a genuine threat he could have said. He's Doctor? like, I'm the one who shot your parents, actually. I could be like Spider-Man 3 and change the continuity for no reason. This is, this is Alfred in vain. You are as precious to me as you were to your own mother and father. <laughs> I swore to them I would protect you, and I haven't. Uh, no, you don't get to bring friends. <laughs> I really want one of those lines from the maids that are talking about Bruce yeah. Wayne, where it's just like... Like <laughs> 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 The Jeez. maids downstairs, and they're like... Did you hear? He's a hermit. A cripple. No, no, a great line would be Ben Mendelssohn's line, where he's just like... Yes, I hear he has eight-inch nails and mason jars full of piss. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this other one as well. Uh, yeah. In the Jim Gordon sort of opening. <laughs> I knew Harvey Dent. I was his friend. And it will be a very long time before someone inspires <laughs> like us Morgan Freeman. the way he did. I believed in Harvey Dent. <laughs> okay, one criticism left, that's it. Okay. Harvey Dent being revealed as the big monster is the most flat, hollow thing, because it's like, Hello, I'm a terrorist, and I'm telling you this shocking fact. Do you believe me? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, we all did a little Bane. A little Bane. A fair bit of Bane. Uh, we could quote other Batman movies in Bane's voice if we really decided. You, you know. guys did a little Bane. I was a big guy. You were a big, <laughs> <laughs> big guy. Okay, that was brilliant. You want to get nuts? Yeah. Let's get nuts. <laughs> like a classic, classic Michael Keaton. And I'm just Dr. Pavel. Well, until next time, listening people, remember to be kind to each other but also when you're crushing Ben Mendelssohn's face put your hand on his shoulder and we'll credit that in the IMDb trivia <laughs> <laughs>